At the heart of every community in Kentucky, you'll find one. Your local high school is a place to gather, a reason to cheer, a source of unmistakable spirit. The Kentucky High School Athletic Association is a proud supporter of high school athletics in the Bluegrass State. You can be too. Get in the game. Attend a high school sporting event in your community. This message brought to you by the KHSAA. Thanks to Kentucky's Touchstone Energy Cooperative and the generosity of this station. Welcome to the Kentucky High School Athletic Association Internet Broadcast Network. Powered by the following broadcast is the property of the individual broadcaster, the KHSAA, and EasyStream.com. All rights are reserved worldwide. Thanks for tuning in. Now, enjoy the program. Welcome, and thanks for listening to Old Goat Radio. Your online source for new bimannual high school football commentary and game coverage. Welcome to Papa John's Cardinal Stadium for the 125th renewal of the old rivalry between the male Bulldogs and the Manual Crimsons. Tonight's game matches two highly regarded teams, each with only one loss. And each team's loss was to St. Was X, the number one team in the state. Both teams bring solid defenses into the game, but the focus may be on offense. Male and Manual have multiple weapons and offenses that can put points on the board from any spot on the field at any time. Mayo is led by running back Justin Green and quarterback Justin Langdon, but the talent certainly doesn't stop there. Dexter Heyman was mentioned in the preseason as a possible Mr. Football, and the brother of University of Louisville defensive lineman Earl Heyman is certainly hope an imposing athlete. Also watch for Dewan Hobbs, another running back who's been injured much of the season. He's a senior who really would like to make a big impact tonight. Manuel has a solid running game led by Raven Smith and DJ Hawk, but passing may be the key for the Crimsons tonight. Joey Harness has had one of the best passing years in Manuel history, and Jerry Cooper is a threat to haul in a deep touchdown pass on any play. Manuel also will be counting heavily on good line play, anchored by Dave Ulinski on the offense. But to me, the key to the defensive effort hinges on getting continued good linebacker play from Bo Eggers, Patrick Warren, Wayne Tutson, Cody Opp, and TJ Gritton. Certainly, this should be a great game and it's capable of going down to the wire, just like the recent games in the last few years. The old rivalry, a new venue. Welcome to Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Man, is this not a great place to watch a football game? It certainly isn't from our vantage point. Uh, it's uh, more than I expected. Uh, University of Louisville have been great hosts so far this evening. They absolutely have. We're actually going to be calling the game from up in the press box. It's a spacious press box unlike anything I've ever been in before. Got a great view of, of the field, and both teams have been out warming up. Manuel's gone back into the locker room. Mayo's still out there, but it's just a great place to watch a football game. 
game of the year, uh, and and has been for these two schools uh, through three different centuries. Absolutely, and, uh, that's a long, long time. You know, Dave. A lot of people are pointing towards Sunday when the Colts and the Patriots square off in the NFL. But if you stop and think about it, this game with the history that it has behind it, two teams coming in with only one loss apiece, and what it means with with bringing home the barrel and just the excitement that, that this generates, this is certainly one of the biggest games anywhere this weekend. Absolutely. Manuel, I, think, I believe, is ranked fourth this week. Male, number three. It's nip and tuck. Uh, I did some analysis of their uh, both of their seasons, and uh, they're very equal in a lot of regards. I know Mel was supposed to have a rebuilding season, and I guess 8-1 and one in, uh, over on Preston counts as a rebuilding season. I, I think Mel kind of calls it reloading, and they, they certainly seem to come up with some great athletes every year, and this year is no exception. And... We are getting ready for the national anthem. of our national anthem by the DuPont Manual High Marching Band. The Crimson Sound really did a stirring rendition of the national anthem, and that's just getting... I've got goosebumps, Dave. I've read, uh, of course, the series uh, is, in, is in great favor of male 79 wins, only 39 losses, and six ties. But much to Manuel's credit, uh, I had read this week that Mail uh, will actually move into number two in all-time wins in high school football. Well, Mail does have a storied program. Uh, they've been one of the top teams throughout the years for a long time, going all the way back to the 1890s. And it is a credit that Manuel has played them even a lot of years, has beaten them the 39 times that we have beaten them. And uh, looking forward to another good game tonight. And uh, it is a credit to the city of Louisville that such a such a traditional powerhouse has been around for so long and is still doing a good job. Well, Manuel's captains uh, are at the fifth yard line. Manuel's uh, is the home team tonight. They're dressed in all red again. We have Dresden Davidson. I believe it's Eddie Garrido who's uh, not dressing tonight. Dave Ulinski, Jacob Llewellyn. Notice across the way that uh, males wearing all purple with gold helmets, uh, so they also have on their home gear. It's it's one of those things. I, I I think it really should be red and purple, and I think it's a great idea. It's easy to spot the differences between red and purple, and who needs white on a night like tonight? Let the red and purple get out here and play. 
Both teams are lined up getting ready to come back onto the field. The captains are getting ready to meet at the center of the field. Uh, Manuel does have a big banner for the Crimson team to break through as they come out onto the field. The cheerleaders are lining both sides. Male on the other side of the field, though, both teams will actually enter the field from the from the Schnellenberger com complex. And the, and the captains are meeting in the center of the field for the toss of the coin. Bob Redman and Joe Nichols shake hand in a, in a quick embrace. Probably as cordial as they'll be for the rest of the night. This is a friendly rivalry, but uh, I can assure you as an ex-player, you are yourself, Buzz. Uh, yeah. Once the whistle blows, there's nobody you want to beat more than Bell High School. That's right. They're, they're the team to beat. They're the, they're the focus of the season. A lot of alumni who have been here, and I know the uh, schools all week have been pointing to this game just like they have for years and years. And, of course, Co Coach Redmond actually said it pretty well in the paper today that he didn't realize what the rivalry was about till he was actually a part of it over at Mail. And I know it's a strong on both sides of the fence. Mail won the toss. And they'll be defending the south goal. And they want to receive. Well, here we go. The captains are heading back to the back to the end zone to join the rest of their teammates. Both teams, Dave, look pretty pumped up. This has been handed the uh, game program, and I'd say it's one of, the, one of the finer ones we've uh, seen in quite a while. I hate to interrupt you, Dave, but here come the Crimson's out on the field. Actually, a really nice crowd starting to file in here at, at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Parking lots are filling up. It would probably be a packed house over at Manuel Stadium or over at Maxwell Field. Bulldogs are now coming out onto the field as well. It looks like it looks like there's plenty of seats left in the stadium, but I think as the game goes on, there'll be more people here, and it'll actually be actually be a really nice crowd. Uh, looking uh, toward the parking lots in the south, I, I still see a steady stream of cars moving into to the lots. They probably follow a lot of uh, L football, too. They're notorious for filling in late. Yep, coming in late. They've probably been tailgating uh, or just stopped somewhere for dinner to come in. And I notice in the other parking lot, there's still cars coming in as well. It's been handed uh, supplements to the roster. Uh, Manuel has a few freshmen that uh, are in their way to the big, big game tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, there's... there's to me, there's no bigger thrill than being able to be on the field for the male manual game and, and for these for these kids coming in, and whether they have an opportunity to play or not. What an awesome what an awesome thing it must be to see this crowd, feel the energy in the stands, and just know that they're taking part in history. Just just before we kick off, I'd just like to add that uh, besides actually playing in the old rivalry, this is a great thrill for me just being able to step aside you guys and, and call this a sport game. Dave, it just doesn't get any better than this. I'm as excited as I've been in a long time about anything. Uh, I mentioned already that I've got goosebumps, and I do. And uh, it, it's the, with the view from up here, and I just know it's going to be a good game. Matt Burnett has it teed up on the 40. Justin Green, number 26, deep for mail. 
Justin Green, son of Jelly Green, a former All-Stater at Mail, and Justin's carving his own niche over at, at Mail as the Bulldogs' leading rusher this year. And here's a kick run away. It's a short kick. It's going to be fielded by Green at the 7. He's going to return it straight at the middle. He's got a wedge. He brought down by Patrick Warren at the 25, and that's where the Bulldogs will start out on offense. Pretty nice tackle right there. The wedge was starting to form. Warren broke through, got a, got a hold of an ankle, and Green went down. Secondary, we had Dijon White at, at right corner, Andre Wells at left corner, and Mr. Aaron Cosby at safety. Mail lines up in a shotgun, tight formation, quick hand off to the right. To the right. It's going to be wrapped up. Actually, it's Bo Edgar's on the tackle after about a gain of two off right side. Nice tackle. Mayo actually only had one, uh, an end on one side from the center, and the rest of the line were on the right side of the center. A very strong formation to the right side. Starting defensive line for Manuel at right end is Nick Brown. Number 92, Brandon Young at uh, defensive tackle. We'll get to the rest of the line up here after the snap. Mail stays in the shotgun. Line is balanced this time. Takes a snap. Fakes the screen. Heavy pressure to center screen to Demarcus Green. And he's going to be tripped up, but actually, I think he was down before the ball squirted loose. The ball did came out, but I think the official blew it dead, and I think that's the correct call. It looked like his knee did hit before it came out, but that looks like it's just a little bit short of a first down. Just a screen over the middle. Cody Ott made the tackle, saved the first down, but it's less than a yard for that first down. Blake Frutenberger at left defensive end, along with Marcus Neiman. That completes the manual defensive line. Mail stays in the shotgun. Langdon, this time he just hands off the green off right side. Manual's defensive line is there, but not before Green picks up first down yardage. Looked like he got about three yards on that play. First down, Cody Opp again in on the play, along with uh, Patrick Warren and Bo Eggers. But first down for Mayo, they move the chains. Linebackers for Manuel again, Cody Opp, Bo Eggers, Wayne Tuxen. Mail splitting four men wide to the left. Looks like Maynard's only got three guys on him. Shotgun formation. Takes a long time to catch. He completes the pass to Heyman for another first down over midfield. Buzz, it, uh, it's no surprise. It looks like Mayo studied a lot of the uh, Bullet East and uh, Shelby County films. Come out spreading the field. Throw it around a little bit. Run the ball. Dexter Heyman, again, the brother of Earl Heyman who plays for the University of Louisville. Quite a physical specimen at 6'3 and 235. Langdon stays in the shotgun, sends one receiver wide left. Hand off to Green. Dances in the backfield. He's going to be stood up and stuck in the backfield for a loss. Nice play by the Crimsons again. TJ Gritton on the tackle. Boeggers in as well. Mr. Green tried to show us a little footwork there and uh, actually going to mark it for a loss of one. And he's a sprinter on the track team as well over at Mail, and he's got good speed and quickness, but that time the dancing got him nowhere. Mail again will send four receivers to the left, one to the right. Langdon stays in the shotgun, empty backfield. Langdon takes a snap under pressure. He rolls to his left. He still under pressure. He avoids one man, two, and actually picks up about six yards. 
Brandon Young supplying some heavy pressure. Langdon was able to avoid being socked. He rolled out and picked up about five. That'll bring up third down. He split between Wayne Tucks and another Crimson defender. They got him down, but his momentum carried him forward. And what could have been a big loss turned into a five-yard game. Third and six now for the Bulldogs. Mana starting out with a four-man line. 4-4-3 four, four, defense, four-man line, four linebackers. Ball at the manual, 45. They send the four receivers to the right this time, one to the left, and that will be Tyler Langdon. Snap. Four-man rush this middle. time, good Both pressure. It's intercepted behind Greg Wells at the 20, 25. Breaks one tackle. He's wrestled down at the manual, 28-yard line. Grandin was looking for Heyman on a short post. Overthrew him, and Andre Wells was there with the first turnover of the night. Great job by the Crimson defense. The line put a lot of pressure on the male quarterback. The throw was high, right into the arms of the waiting Crimson defender, and, and so Manuel takes over after the interception on the 29. First down, Crimson's. 8.45 to go, no score. Jerry Cooper splits wide left. Aaron Cosby line up in the slot to the left. Harness under center, D.J. Hall. Line up at fullback. Raven Smith is the wing to the left. Good to see Raven back in uniform tonight. Raven in motion takes a pitch out of the right end. He's got big yardage across the 45 and stripped out of bounds at midfield. Welcome back, Raven. I said it was nice to see him in uniform. He took a quick pitch and just sprinted right past the male defender on the defensive end and turned into a big play. 21 yards on the carry. That moves the ball to midfield. Puts it just short of short of Bulldog territory on the manual 49. And that brings the Crimson crowd alive. Actually a pretty good noise level for such a big stadium, Dave. Same formation. Cooper has man coverage to the left. Harness under center. Play action pass. Looks left. He's looking for Cooper. He's got a snap. Just overthrows him. I think the adrenaline got to, to Joey Harness on that play, Dave. He, did, he put a lot of arm under that one and just out through Cooper by about five yards. Interesting uh, matchup there, Jerry Cooper against none other than Justin Green. I think we'll see that all night. That You'll see the best against the best all night long. Coach Redmond believes on uh, putting in his, his best players on the field at all times. He, he does do that. He has a lot of guys who will play both ways, all of his big... Big-time players, and he's done that for his coaching career wherever he's been. 8.31 to go, first quarter. Manuel with a shotgun. Two receivers to the left. Cosby to the right. It's a quick draw to D.J. Hawk, and he's going to be stuffed right at the line of scrimmage. Looked like he had a, he had a pretty good hold, but he kind of stumbled on the turf and then ran right into the male defender. Like a turf monster just uh, reached up and grabbed him. Well, with, when it's one of your first times on this type of field, I'm sure there's a little bit different footing feel for the runners out there. Hawk will come out. Dresden Davidson checks in. Looks like Manuel will go to four receivers set, at least maybe five. Cooper goes wide right. Four receivers indeed to the, and including none other than Joey Harness to the, to the right. That leaves Andre Wells in the shotgun at quarterback. Wells takes a snap. And it's a quarterback draw, sir, at the middle. He makes one man miss, and he fumbles the ball. Ball's picked up at the 45. One man to beat, and he... 
Skyler Weinberg makes the tackle, but not until the male defender runs it back to the 20-yard line. Touchdown saving tackle there by Weinberg. He knocked him out of bounds. Play started off pretty good. It, hit, it, it developed into something with the quarterback draw, but when the first male player hit him, the ball came loose. Male plays, male plays that aggressive pressure defense, and they're, they're trained to go for the ball, and that's exactly yeah. what they did. And it was and it was lying on the turf right in, the, in an area where it could be scooped up in the wide open spaces, too. Ball at the manual 26 is where they'll spot it. Male stays in the shotgun. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Each defense is forced to turnover. Counterplay this time off left tackle. Big yardage inside the 15. It's number 11, Hobbs. Juan Hobbs with the carry. Again, like we said early in the promo, he's he's been a little bit down this season with some injuries, but it looks like he's at 100% tonight. They'll give Vale a first down to Manuel, 13. T.J. Gritton checks out. Patrick Warren comes back in. So the both teams have uh, swapped turnovers. The male's now threatening. They'll stay in the shotgun. Green and Hobbs at the backfield makes it Langdon. This time is a handoff to Green, and he's going to be hit right at the line of scrimmage. Nice tackle, number 44, Patrick Warren. Split two defenders, stuck his helmet in, made a really nice tackle right there. Actually looked like in the backfield from here. Emmanuel Belt also in on the tackle. Second and ten. Clock continues to run. We're approaching seven minutes to go in the first quarter. No score. Speaking of the Bullet East game, I, I did notice that Mayo's been running some plays with wide splits like we saw last week from Bullet East. Same formation for Mayo. A counter this time to Hobbs going back to the left. He's inside the five, close to the goal line. Can be marked just short of the goal line. He's Mayo. celebrating like he scored a touchdown, but I believe they're going to mark him short of the goal line at the one. Counterplay has been very effective uh, two or three times they ran it so far. Yeah, it's obvious that the Crimson defenders are keying on Justin Green, and that's opening things up for Mr. Hobbs. Clock continues to roll. Six and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. First and goal, Mail at the manual one-foot line. This time, Langdon goes under center, Mail in an eye formation. Langdon takes a snap, quarterback sneak, and he's in for the touchdown. So Mel scores the first touchdown of the game after a couple turnovers. Goes up six to nothing. Just when it looked like Manuel had things going their way after the uh, interception by Wells. <laughs> well, this is the Mel Manuel game, and I really think there's going to be a lot of scoring tonight. So we'll have to see how the Crimson's respond. Can they take the ball right back down and the field? Colin Cheatham on to attempt the extra point for Mayo. This one splits the uprights, and it's good. And the kick is good. 6.27 left in the first quarter. It's Mayo high seven, manual zero. Okay, we figured well, this to be a high-scoring game. and uh, Yes, we did. The, the defense has kind of asserted themselves early with the turnovers, but once Mayo got that second turnover and got that boost, they went right down against the Crimson defense and put it in the end zone. We're starting on the 26, never hurts. No, it doesn't. Jerry Cooper and Andre Wells are uh, sit deep to return the kickoff. Number 
So Cheatham tees it up after he just kicked the extra point to put Mail up seven to nothing. We'll we'll see what kind of leg he has. Low line drive kick. Fumbled. Cooper picks it up, makes two men miss. It's going to be brought down at about the 18-yard line. That was a dangerous-looking kick. It was, had a wobble to it as it sailed through the air, barely. And made it hard to field. And, and it hit the ground, and any time a football hits the ground, it, it, it becomes a difficult item to grab a hold of. Cooper did a good job of boxing it in, bobbled it once, picked it up, and did get pretty good yardage on that return considering where he started. Actually, he's going to mark it at the 19. His uh, confusion defense is... It's known by Redmond. He's, he's, his defenses have ran that for years. Dares you to throw. Number 70, D.J. Williams over the ball at center for this series. Harness back under center, and I don't know who's in the backfield. It looks like a lineman. Manuel goes with an unbalance to the right. It was. He's going to throw deep to Cooper and almost makes a one-handed K, and flags are down. There's a flag. Again, Justin Green on the coverage. Flag thrown at the instant where the ball came down. Actually, Manuel had brought in uh, number 56, Joseph McMillan, 6'3", 195-pound linebacker, offensive lineman, as a blocking back. And that's the first time we've seen that. And he did his job because when Harness dropped back to pass, he just stuck a bulldog right in the chest and, and stopped any penetration that the male defender had to allow Harness to get that pass off. That's going to move the ball 15 yards. First and 10 manual at the 36-yard line. In that case, it looked like Cooper had Green beat again, but the ball hung up, but then Green ran over him trying to defend the pass. Cooper wide left. Green stays in man coverage. Harness under center. Quick trap to E.J. Hawk. Makes one man miss. Breaks one tackle. Picks up about five yards. Good hard running by Hawk. That's what, that's what we know him for. One good thing about looking at uh, Gary Cooper with man coverage on, on Marcus Green, the, the man has got to get tired at some point in the game. Yes, he does. He's, yes, he's, he does. He's a, uh, star running back, and he also plays corner. Dave, if you go back, well, I'll finish this thought in a minute. The Crimsons are up to the line of scrimmage again. Harness in the shotgun. This time Cooper in the slot to the left. Wells wide left. Two receivers, Davidson and Cosby to the right. Harness looking for Wells, and he overthrows him. He's going to bring up third and five. Once Wells had a step. and uh, Once again, the pass a little bit overthrown. I think could be some pregame jitters. The point you were making about tiring out Justin Green, having him cover Cooper, Manuel did something similar the last time they won this game. Michael Bush was always chasing an, a motion man across the field on every play while he was playing defense, and at the end of the game, the Crimson's held on to win that game. Third and five, the ball at the Manuel 41. Mail leads 7 nothing. 529 to go in the first. Manuel in the shotgun, four receivers to the left. Cooper, the lone receiver to the right. He picks up double coverage this time. Harness, pump fake, and he was looking for Cooper on a slant. Looks like he was tied up with Green, but there was no flag. I think Green tied him up right, like a blocker coming out against him, and, they, and the officials just let it go. There apparently no holding on that play. So Manuel will be forced to punt for the first time tonight. Andre Wells will drop back to kick. It's like 
Number 42 of Mail. Antonio Booker. And number 17, Tony Branch. Tony Branch also back to receive the putt. Wells waits for the snap. Here it is. Snap's good. High kick. Fair catch. Signal called for at the 23. His whole man actually knocks him down. And that's where Mail will start for the third time tonight. Uh, they're going to put the ball at the Mail High 22-yard line. Really nice punt. Good coverage forcing the fair catch. Mail's, Mail takes over on their own 22. Evidently, in the high school level, uh, they still honor a fair catch. Well, at least he didn't run with it after he caught it. This time, Mail has a, a long way to go to score. Langdon stays in the shotgun. They only send one man wide to the left. Kind of an odd formation. And it's an inside reverse to green around the left side. He makes one man miss, two, three, and he picks up about six yards. A lot of Crimson's in on the tackle. Number 94, Emmanuel Belt, one of the Crimson's in there. Justin Green on the carry. He, he looked like a pinball getting knocked around by a couple of flippers there. He did keep going forward, though. I think Manuel got a pretty good spot on that play. It looked like he might have gotten a little more yardage on that, but his was, knee must have gone down. I was thinking the same way. They're going to call it second and six. This, again, Mail sends four receivers to the right, Justin Green being one of them. One to the left. Langdon in the shotgun. Manuel three down drop, and he's looking right the whole way. He's under heavy pressure. Rolls out to the left. Robs the ball deep to the left side, and I believe this one's going to be picked off by Aaron Cosby, and he's got it. And it is a interception by Aaron Cosby at his 44-yard line. Excellent, excellent defense all the way around. The Crimson's put good pressure on the quarterback, forced him out of the pocket. One of the linebackers then came in late on a, like a delayed blitz, forced the ball to be thrown up in the air for hanging, and, and Cosby just came over and took it away from the male receiver. Excellent play, and he kept a foot inbound so that the pass was intercepted. An ill-advised throw by Josh Langdon. Just, excuse me, Justin Langdon. Justin Heavy pressure, rolled back to the left and threw it a double coverage. So Manuel, good field position, 429 to go in the first quarter. The ball at their own 44, first and 10. Defense with just three down linemen putting good pressure on the quarterback. Ulinski back in at center for this series. Cooper, Cosby to the left. Manuel on the wing tee, three running backs. Now the referees blow it dead. Buzz, I hope they're not going to review that interception. Surely they don't <laughs> do that in high school, do they? We don't have a replay on the big screen. Manuel calls a timeout. So we know it's not for a review because the Crimson surely don't want that one reviewed. This, uh, I'm far from the field, but uh, just watching both teams go at it so far. Uh, a lot of jitters and uh, a lot of adrenaline flowing. You see three turnovers. In about seven and a half minutes of play. I can only imagine what it's like. I remember what I felt when I was down on the field at the old fairground stadium and the thousands of people were in the stands and the excitement it brought to me. And I can just imagine what these young men are feeling tonight on both sides of the football. It may have been one of the reasons Manuel signaled for a timeout, but make sure we actually got the right play called and We've got a few kids going both ways to make sure they've settled down and caught their breath. That's a good idea. I see uh, number 51, Skyler Weinberg, and number 52, Jacob Llewellyn, out on the offensive line. Daniel stays the wing tee with two receivers split to the left. Raven Smith to the wing left. 
DJ Hawk, fullback. Chances Bates to the right. Referee blows the play. Raven Smith motions to the right. DJ Hawk on a quick trap. He's got one man to beat. A nice trap play straight up the middle. DJ Hawk picks up first down yardage over midfield. A huge hole opened up there by Connor Wise and Ulinski in the Bulldog defense. And Hawk ran right through the hole and ran hard down the middle of the field. First and 10 manual with the male 42. Nice job by the line. They just, they just opened up the whole defensive front of the Bulldogs. Just a huge hole there. Male playing three down linemen. Harness under center. Cooper wide left. This time he draws double coverage. And it's Raven Smith around right side. Picks up about five yards. Male signaling like they took the ball away or recovered a fumble, but I believe the officials blew it dead. Well, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I'd heard in the preseason that uh, some of the little leaguers were trying that. Yeah. <laughs> and the referees were biting on it earlier in the year, but I would assume here in the first week of November that the officiating crews have been well uh, briefed on this ploy. I, I think you're right. It's going to be second down for the Crimsons, but a good five-yard gain for Raven Smith. Aaron Cosby, lone receiver to the right. Manuel kind of been uh, still in the wing tee. Smith back on the wing to the left. A little bit of confusion about the formation is uh, Marcus Neiman's in the backfield. Clock continues to roll, and now they get a DeGlave game penalty. A little fancy on the uh, formations. I'm not I'm not sure what look they were going for that time, but certainly Raven Smith was a little bit confused. That's going to move the ball back, and it's going to be second and ten. Notice they brought the tight end into the backfield, and it's the first time we've seen that formation this year. 3-12 to go in the first quarter. Manuel's uh, deepest threat of the night. Cooper, Wells, and Cosby back in the lineup for this play. Two receivers to the right, I mean to the left. Cosby, the lone receiver to the right. Harness in the shotgun. D.J. Hawk takes another draw play, and he's got big yards straight up the middle. Makes one man miss. Two inside the 25. D.J. Hawk. Another huge hole right up the middle for D.J. Hawk. Travis Williams with a nice block, along with Jacob Llewellyn. Knocking the male players back. Great run by DJ Hawk. Boy, he runs hard when he gets the ball in his hand. Good thing about having an effective passing game, they really respect all receivers. And and males playing the defense that they play with three down linemen leaves the middle kind of open. They do put pressure with their linebackers who, who come up in a stand-up position and will rush the quarterback, but they are out of the play once the, once the uh, line of scrimmage is broken. First and 10 at the 23. Harness hands off to Raven Smith. Makes one man miss. He's inside the 20 to the 15-yard line. A really nice cutback. Looked like the play was designed to go wild, but it, but the male defense had it bottled up out there, and Raven Smith just cut inside the male defender, lowered his shoulders, and pulled forward for another game. Travis Williams and Jacob Llewellyn uh, pulled and let a big convoy for him around right in. That's a huge convoy coming around the end there. And Mr. Uh, Smith can actually get lost behind those. He was <laughs> there are times it's a good thing to be short, and he used that to his advantage. It makes it much more elusive running behind the big guys. Cooper splits wide right, lone receiver. Bates on the wing to the right. Excuse me, Cooper to the left. Harness under center. Short drop. He's looking for Cooper, who's got Justin Green. He's in the end zone! Touchdown, Crimson! 
Curtis to Cooper, 16 yards. Just a well-designed play. Miller brought the house on that play. They were bringing blitzing like seven seven players, and that left Justin Green one-on-one -on -one with Cooper on the outside, and he couldn't stay with him. Cooper. Great toss by Harness. He's controlled the jitters. Nope, not too much adrenaline. Nice touch on the ball. It dropped right in the arms of the receiver. Just a nice lob pass. And Cooper got just enough separation to get wide open. Josh Redding to hold. Matt Burnett set to tie this ball game up with 147 to go in the first quarter. A snap, kick is on its way. And just like that, it's tied. Seven to seven. Here we go. Here we go. An impressive drive by Manuel, who actually, <laughs> it's a little early to stay on the ropes, but I'd say they certainly were, they were stunned. There, there have been many times that when Mayo scored the first touchdown in this game, it seemed like things just went downhill for, from there for the for the Crimsons. Not tonight. The Crimsons came right back, marched down the field with an excellent drive, mixed a couple passes in with a good running game, scored the touchdown. thing that we haven't really mentioned so far tonight, Dave, but with both teams going into the playoffs, down the road, I know they're looking to get right back out here on this field at this stadium, and this is good experience to be playing in front of a crowd on this field just to get a feel for it. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, this is a great experience for the players to actually play at a stadium like That's this right. in, a, in a major game like this. Of course, some like Ulinski will be going on and playing for schools like Kentucky. However, some of these guys, this may be the last time they get to put, put on a football uniform. Burnett's kick's going to be fielded at the four, and I believe this is Green again. He fields up the middle, and he's going to be snowed under by the 22. Actually, that was number 42 of Mayo, Antonio Booker, on the return, and he actually spun around. And uh, I'll tell you, Dave, on the tackle. Wayne Tutson didn't make the tackle, but he just blasted right through the uh, wedge that Mayo was putting up and just blew it up. And Green had nowhere to go, and the rest of the manual defenders came in and cleaned him up. But Tutson just did a great job of busting up the wedge. It's one of those things that he won't get credit for it in the stats, but I know the coaches will thank him for it. Mail sends two receivers to the right, one to the left. Justin Langdon stays in the shotgun. Takes a snap, and it's a counter to the left again. Cody Yop turned the play back inside for T.J. Gritton. Eggers in on the tackle as well. Patrick Ward helped clean up. Nice game tackling by the Crimsons. Uh, they are pursuing to get to the football, and that's a good job. They, with Mayo's quickness and speed and the counters that they run, Manuel's pursuit is going to make a big difference tonight. Second and eight, ball to 24. Mayo stays in the shotgun. Quick snap. Green around right in. Makes one man miss, two, three, four. Big yardage by Justin Green on this just a quick little sweep. They've got Green, a first down out to the 47-yard line. Green took advantage of his speed. He went to the wide side of the field, got outside the Crimson defense. Cosby in on the tackle along with Cody Yop. But that's a that's a big gain for a Bulldog first down. Just another in a very, very long line of great male running backs. Absolutely. Another quick snap. Green to the left side and a great block around left end. Green's got one man to beat and it's caught. 
Aaron Cosby makes the tackle at the Crimson 32, and a flag comes down. It might be an inadvertent face mask. That's it. It looked like looked like he might have pulled him down that way, but that may have been the only way to get him down. Again, Mel utilizing green speed and a great block coming around the end. Okay, two plays in a row, it looked like a freight train coming around both ends of Mel's line as they just had a caravan of blockers. And, and it is a face mask. It's going to call it a 15-yard penalty. It's what? nice to have a high school game where the officials are mic'd too so we can get the call. It's going to move the ball that just like that down to the manual 17. 102 to go in the first quarter. Game tied, manual 7, male 7. Male threatening again. Behind two big runs from Justin Green. Langdon in the shotgun. Hobbs and Green to either side. And it's the same play, a counter. This time it's nothing doing, at least for the moment. He broke one tackle before Bo Edgers plants him in the backfield. Mills running back was stopped. Almost broke loose, and you're right. Eggers took him and grabbed him and took him down. Made a great play. Justin DeSilvi on the carry for the Bulldogs. Seems to be their bread and butter call. It's the, the, the counter. T.J. Gritton checks out and is getting some type of instructions from Coach Nichols on the sideline. This time Mel stays in the shotgun. It's a sweep to the right. Green looking to That's cut back. back. Nick Brown there on the tackle. Nice tackle from the backside by Nick Brown on the containment. When he saw the play going the other way, he never gave up. Great pursuit got him, and when Green cut back, he did. He was surprised to see Mr. Brown there waiting for him. And the male player's down. He's going to be helped up. He quickly goes back down on his knees. Can't get a number from here. Looks like Justin Green. Maybe Justin Green is uh, back out on the turf. I hope this is nothing serious. Oh, young man actually had a serious concussion a couple of seasons ago. Actually cost him almost two years of football. Let's just hope, I hope they're tending to, it looks like they're tending to a leg. Maybe it's the cramp. Hopefully it is something like just a cramp. You want to you want to play against the best and you want to beat the best, and this, and this young man has a bright future. And you surely hate to see anything happen to him. I think actually the first quarter has come to an end. As they tend to Mr. Green, it ends uh, seven all on Buzza. So far, no disappointment uh, here. It's been a great ball game. Pretty much what we expected. We figured it would be an offensive shootout, and although the defenses have made some plays, for the most part. The offenses have been able to move the ball. And indeed, that is Mr. Justin Green. A little, little uh, slow coming off the field. Uh, his father was a, a great running back at Mayo and also a, a assistant and head football coach at Manville and also an excellent teacher. I understand that uh, he coached you for a while. And that's, this is true. And uh, he was also Manuel's coach for the uh, historic 100th male Manual game. That's right. I remember that. And Justin did jog off the field. Looks like he's he's okay. I didn't see him limping. Hopefully it was something like just a cramp. He has carried the ball and played a lot of defense. And uh, and so hopefully the young man's okay. We'll start the second quarter with a third and eight. And the ball resting just inside the manual 15. So a big play coming up here for the Crimson defense. It's maybe a little bit harder to defend because it seems like Justin Green is about 90% of all of Mel High's uh, offense. That's right. It seems even when they run the reverses, it goes through Justin Green, and he hands it back to the back coming the other way. Heyman lines up wide to the left. 
Three receivers to the right, two to the left. This might be a good place for a quarterback draw as Manuel's defense is spread thin across the middle. Three-man front. Three down left. And that's exactly what it is. It's a quarterback draw. Langford well takes run. a three-man miss. Two-three before he's finally brought down. There goes my ESP again. Just just well read by, by Blake Frudenberger to begin with. Uh, the quarterback did get out of the way, and Ulinski finally made the tackle. But Frudenberger is the one who broke the play up right from the beginning. Just great stay-at-home defense by the defensive line. That's going to bring up a fourth and eight. The ball still at the 15. The mail will come in for a field goal attempt. Colin Cheatham, and boy, we've seen enough of male field goal kickers the last couple of years for a lifetime. I was just thinking the same thing. It's uh, We're due to have something good happen in the male kicking game. Langdon will spot the kick, put it down at the 22. Here's the kick, and I think this one is no good. It was wide to the right. So Manuel's defense comes up big. Good job by the by the Crimson defense to hold the Bulldogs, force the field goal that went wide right, and now the Crimsons will take over on their own 20-yard line. You know, Buzz, if uh, Mr. Marcus Green is out of the game with an injury, I know they had him locked in man coverage on Gary Cooper. This might be an opportune time to look at uh, Gary about right now. That, that's a good point, but I actually think I see Mr. Green coming out to cover him. And Although you wonder if he's going to be hampered doing that. And he's locked on Cooper. Man coverage right in his face at the line of scrimmage. And Harness is going to look. Look, the same way he's got Cooper wide open in the middle. He's wide. He's going to go. The 20, 15, 10, 5. Good. Touchdown, Manville. Harness to Cooper, 80 yards on first down. That's one of those underthrown balls that you think, oh, no, and it went right through the defender's hands. Actually, Justin Green played that ball very well. The only thing he didn't do was catch it. And what a great, all those tip drills that Manuel's practiced for all those years came to fruition right there as Cooper caught the ball, and nobody had a shot at him after that. Manuel now leads 13-7. For a split second, exactly right, Buzz. It looked like Justin Green might come up with the interception in midfield. But instead, Manuel's getting ready to kick an extra point. Josh Redding to hold, and Matt Burnett set that on the extra point. Snap. Redding's got it down. Here's the kick. And it's good. So Crimson's go up 14-7 with 10.55 left in the second quarter. Harness to Cooper. <laughs> Twice already. 13 minutes into the game, and, and it, you you can't blame them, <laughs> the manual coaching staff for doing the same thing I was just saying, Buzz. Go go right after him. He's got man coverage. That's and right. Green may be a little hurt. Who knows? But he looked certainly fine on the uh, on the defensive end. It was just a it Cooper was a, certainly beat him right off the line. But Green's got such great closing speed. He just closed right on him and Cooper's not a slow slow receiver. Cooper had him by at least three yards at midfield and Green actually leapt up and tipped the ball. Yeah. Basketball jump ball for a second. Cooper came down with it and there was nobody home after that. Just just an all-around great play. The line gave Harness time to throw the ball. He put a nice tight spiral on the ball out there and once Cooper got the ball he knew where to take it and he took it to the house. Burnett has a feet up on the 40. 
Antonio Booker deep along with Tony Branch. I see Yop, Warren, and Eggers all on the kickoff team. You can tell this is an important, important series here. Swift kick rolls around about the 15. Like Tony Branch finally picks. Oh, he is stopped by Patrick Warren. What a hit! Just Patrick Warren in on the tackle, and T.J. Gritton along with Travis Carroll blew up that wedge. Warren just went right through, put his headgear right between the numbers, and drove Tony Branch straight backwards. Perfect form tackle. That's the way they coach it in practice. Well, it's actually going to mark it at the 19-yard line. I guess the other two yards of the tackle were just frustration from the Crimson's coverage team. Well, stay with that shotgun. They send one receiver to the right. And it's a sweep back to Hobbs. Oh, my goodness. Who was that? Number nine. Emmanuel Bell. That's another good tackle and another good hit. Uh, he, you can hear the contact from up here. He, he planted Dewan Hobbs in the backfield for a loss of three. Just, just blasted him and took him straight down in the backfield. Crimson defense coming alive here. Second and 13, the ball at the mail, 16-yard line. This time they go back to four receivers to the left, one to the right. Justin Langdon in the empty backfield waits to snap. He's looking to his left. Here's a snap. It's a screen. Daniel has good coverage on it. Bo Eggers is there to make the tackle. The along with your John White. Crimson's just really read that screen. They were out there and forced to make the play. And like you said, White and Eggers were the... Eggers were the first two there, but the rest of the defense was right behind them. Just great team pursuit. Loss of two more yards. It brings up third and 15. 9.50 to go in the first half. Big play for the manual Crimsons. Looks like about 15. Looks like about 15 yards to go for the first down for the Bulldogs. Big stop here would give the Crimson's good field position. Three receivers to the right, two to the left for the Bulldogs. Justin Langan back, waiting to snap. The snap, short drop, throws deep. He's going to overthrow his receiver, and White almost had the interception. Nevertheless, he's going to bring up fourth and long. Good coverage all the way around by the Crimson defensive backfield. He really didn't have anywhere to throw the ball. The line put medium pressure on, not real hard pressure, but they weren't going to let any screens get by them either. We've got Dresden Davidson and Aaron Cosby standing at midfield awaiting the punt. We this is Mail's first punt of the night. Yes, it is. And you would expect the Crimsons to come out with good field position after this punt. Plus, I can't see the number of the punter. Uh, he's standing on his own two-yard line. Here's a snap, kind of a low snap, no pressure. High kick. It's going to be fielded by Cosby at the 45. He starts straight up, makes one man miss two, cuts back to the left, one man to beat, makes a spinning move before the defense catches up with him at the male 40-yard line. Aaron Cosby. Really nice return there. Split a couple of defenders, made one man miss. Looked like, uh, looked like Langdon is the punter as well, Dave. It was number 13 who was the punter. I believe you're right. Well, he's multi-talented. Yes, he is. I'd much rather see him back there punting than I would see him throwing passes, though. So Manuel starts out with excellent field position, leading 14-7, 8.59 to go in the first half. Davidson split wide to the left. Raven Smith on the wing to the right. 
Manuel in the classic wing tee formation. Smith in the motion to left. He takes a quick pitch around left end. Makes one man miss. He's inside the 35. A pickup of about seven for Raven Smith. Nice block leading the play by number 84, Marcus Neiman. Help Raven Smith get a little extra yardage there. Skylar Weinberg also out there leading the sweep, and uh, he may have had may have had the biggest stop of the night so far when he, uh, he right. stopped a, a sure touchdown of Emmanuel Fumble early on in the game. Second and six, the ball at the male 34-yard line. Cooper, wide right. Emmanuel stays in the wing T formation, and it'll be Raven Smith splits to the left out of the wing. D.J. Hawk lines up straight behind Joey Harness. He'll take the trap play straight up the middle, and it's going to be snuffed out. Good penetration by the male defensive line, number 57. Demarius Gibson. Uh, he just he just beat the guard, came into the backfield, grabbed Hawk by the ankles, and Hawk couldn't go anywhere. It's going to bring up third and four. Raven Smith checks out of the lineup. Harness back into the huddle. Ulinski over the ball at center. Neiman split in the wings to the right. Bates to the left. DJ Hawk lines up straight behind Harness. Bates in motion to the right. And it's like just a quick handoff up the middle to DJ Hawk. I think he's going to be short of first down yardage. He's going to bring up about fourth and uh, maybe one. He got a good spot, actually. Yeah, he did. Hole opened up early, but it closed with a bunch of purple jerseys. And we're going to be looking at... About one and a half, it looks like, Dave. Fourth and one and a half. Seven, seven, ten remaining in the half, and no looks of a, a punting team coming on for Manuel here. So this is it. Big play. Fourth and two at the male 32-yard line. Marcus. Wonder if they'll go with a long count to try to draw Mail off, or if they'll if they'll go ahead and go for the first down. Long snap count. Harness. It's a sweep to Raven Smith, and I don't know if he's got I think he's going to be short. Yeah, I believe he was short. It was a, just a sweep to the right. I believe the Bulldogs have held on fourth down. Looked like a good play. It, it, it started out well, but the, but the Bulldogs did get enough penetration to stop Smith's forward momentum short of the first down. So Mayo will take over the ball at the 31. 641 remaining in the half. Manuel leads 14 to 7. Joseph McMillan was out in front leading that play, but he couldn't take care of all the Bulldog defenders in front of him. Emmanuel only split one receiver out wide, and when Mail runs that uh, nine and ten man front, there's just nowhere to go, and that was the case on that play. And this time, uh, Mail lines up uh, Langdon under center. High Two formation. tight ends, I formation. We're going back to old school football here. It sends one man in motion to his right, and it's just a straight uh, lead play to Green off left tackle. He'll pick up about three yards. You notice Buzz after a first quarter of gimmick formations and plays, they kind of went back to old old school football here in the second well, they, quarter. They've shown all the bag of tricks, maybe not all of them, but most of them, and they've let the other team know. Each of them, each team has let the other team know that they're not willing to just give in. But now you're right, they're back to old school football, although unbalanced line right. Great tackle there as Green came with the sweep out of the shotgun back to the right. Frudenberger in on the tackle with a host of other Crimsons. Bell. Patrick Ward. Ulinski checks back in at defensive tackle. It's going to be third and five. Belt was in on that tackle and just came off the field. 
Again, good pursuit by the Crimson defense. They're not giving up yards easily. Mail sticks with a shotgun. Two receivers split to the left, one to the right. Hobbs, green to the backfield, next to Langan. And there's, Langan juggled the snap. And the play was broke up in the backfield, and, and to make the tackle was Cody Yop. Along with Frudenberger and Patrick Warren, that's going to bring up fourth and about four, four or five. I don't know if that was a design quarterback draw or if it was all he could do from fumbling the snap, but the Crimsons were ready for it, whatever it was. Another good job by the defense to hold them as both defenses have settled in a little bit here. Barring any trickerations here, it looks like the Crimsons will get the ball back with about five minutes to go in the half. They only send Aaron Cosby back deep to re receive the punt. He's standing on his own 27. Langdon in punt formation. No pressure from the Crimsons. They set up return. High kick. It's going to be fielded by Cosby at about the 29. He goes to the left, makes one man miss. He's got some room straight up the middle. He returns the ball all the way back up to the 49-yard line. Very close to midfield. When, and when, he, when he first took the kick, he had plenty of room to start and kind of took a little time starting. And I thought, what's he waiting for? But then he waited, and just like the Red Sea part, and he went right through the middle of the male defense. Well, there's a flag sitting back at the manual 32 as the referees uh, explain the options to the Bulldogs. Well, this one's going to come back. Well, there goes a lot of field position. Not sure exactly what the call was, but the official will tell us. Block in the back against the Crimsons. And actually, it turns into a 27-yard uh, penalty because that moves the ball back to the manual 22. And actually, from where the flag was, that block in the back would have helped him get a shot as a, at a tackle. 4.43 left to go in the second quarter. Manuel still leads 14-7, first and 10 on their 22. Cooper split wide right, Justin Green in man coverage. Artis looks at him again, and actually Cooper's got another step on him, and it's broken up at the last second by Justin Green. Ball hung up just a, just a hair too long, and Cooper had to slow down, and that gave Green a chance to catch up with him, but the ball was definitely there. Uh, maybe another foot, that would have been another six for Manuel. The Crimsons are certainly going to make Justin Green work on defense, which may be part of their game plan. Not only can they beat him, but they also think that that may tire him out for his offensive duties. Harness comes back from the sideline with a play. 4.36 remaining, second and 10 on the 22. Cooper goes wide left. Green and man coverage. Also, you've got Cosby in the slot. Nobody's picked him up. If they can snap the ball quick here, they've got a great advantage. Finally, Mail snaps on it. Raven Smith in motion to the right. Harness rolls. He's under heavy pressure. He throws a lobbing pass, and it's intercepted at the 40. Flags are everywhere. Chantez Bates finally makes the tackle at the 25, but there's flags all over the secondary. And Joey Harness comes off the field holding his hand. He was pounded pretty hard right as he released that ball. He may have hit his hand on a helmet. Just a lot of pressure. And the flags are in the area. There was a lot of hand fighting going on between the receiver and the defensive back. The question is, is are they calling interference and who would it be on? Just when it looked like Manuel might take a safe 14-7 lead into the locker room. Well, that, that ball was thrown up for grabs. That's one of the few poor passes you'll see Harness throw. 
Manuel actually gets a great break there. And, it, and there's a... The thing here is, is if he'd have thrown a good pass, they may not have gotten that break. But because the ball hung up so well, the male defender really thought he had a shot at it and pushed off the manual receiver, which is going to make it. Looks like a first down for the Crimsons. For the first times tonight, Joey Harness felt a lot of pressure from the male front. They've been bringing players all night, and the Lions have been doing a good job protecting him, but that time the male came through. Harness did come back on the field, though. First and 10 at the 37, 424 remaining here in the first half. The score still manual 14, male 7. Cosby wide to the right. Let's see who he draws coverage. He puts Cooper in, in the slot to the right. Justin Green stays on him. Bates in motion to the left. He's going to take a pitch out. He's got some decent yardage out there around left end. Picks up about six. Nice design play, Buzz. Well designed play, a lot of holes. Nice, nice uh Lead blocking by number 73, Travis Williams, from the offensive line. Yulinski was out there as well. I think Manuel's figured out that Bobby Redmond's scheme is to put his best athletes on Gary Cooper and Cosby. At that time, they just simply ran the opposite direction. And with his, with his speed and the line out in front of him, they made a nice gain out of it. Looks like it's going to be second and three. Same formation. Second and three, the ball at the Manuel 44-yard line. Bates again in motion to the left. This time it's a quick trap to T.J. Hawk. He's going to go. Straight up the middle. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, 10. Touchdown, Manuel. T.J. Hawk from 56 yards on the quick trap play. Plus, we see that play a couple times tonight. That time it really broke. Another well-designed play. Big hole opened up there with Ulinski and Llewellyn. And Williams all doing a great job blocking. D.J. Hawk just ran right through the middle defense. D.J. Hawk just had a nice trap play straight up the middle. And he went virtually untouched the rest of the way. 3.35 to go in the half. It's manual 20, male 7, extra point pending. The mark of a good team, Dave, is that you take advantage when you get a break. And the Crimson certainly caught a break when the interception was called back because of pass interference. And they made the most of it. Just an excellent job by a great team. Redding puts a snap down. It's a low kick. This one's going to be blocked. Hey, a little bit high on the snap. Redding did his best to get it down, but Burnett's kick is blocked. It, it just looked like they were in slow motion that time. You were right. The snap was high. The holder got it, but it was slow getting it down, and the kicker was slow with his steps. Mail broke through the line and got blocked the extra point, but the good news is it's still manual 20, mail 7. 3.35 to go in the half. game uh, will also be rebroadcast tomorrow night on Insight Channel 2 at 7.30. Yeah, it looks like uh, their booth is right next to ours. It's amazing what, you, what they can do with glass these days. We can see into the TV booth from the radio booth. And uh, believe me, that was one play we've looked at twice so far, and it, it looks good every time. So for the fourth time tonight, Matt Burnett has it teed up on the 40. Tony Branch and Booker deep for the Bulldogs. This is a high, short kick. It's going to be fielded at about the 18-yard line by Heyman up the left sideline. Makes one man miss. Yeah. He's going to roll back to the right. A lot of open space. Makes one man miss. Two, three. He's buried at the 26-yard line. 
once again, the Crimson's never-say-die attitude comes to play. Heyman could have made a big play out of that, but the Crimson Wall just kept coming after him until they finally got him to the ground. 3.25 to go until halftime. Mayle takes over on the 27-yard line. Manual 20, Mayle 7. The Crimson defense has been, been gaining confidence with each series. Now comes the time again to hold again and get the ball turned back over to the Crimson offense. Langdon in the shotgun. Three receivers in a tight formation to the left. And this is going to be a screen pass to Justin Screen. He's going to be knocked down in the backfield. Nick Brown on the tackle. Just blown up by Nick Brown. And the rest of the manual defense came to oh, clean up. In too. Just a great job reading the screen and blasting right past the, the, the blockers. Just didn't slow Nick Brown down at all. I had a feeling this week that Manuel would see a lot of screen passes from the Bulldogs, and sure enough, they have. I bet they've seen a lot of it in practice, too. Unlike, unlike last week, they seem to be able to read the screens and sprint to the ball, and they're doing a great job at it. Second and 13, the ball at the mail, 24. Four receivers to the right for the Bulldogs, one to the left. Langdon in the shotgun. Takes a snap, fakes the screen. He's looking deep this time. He's under heavy pressure. He's going to go down. Another great job. The, the Crimson Wall just keeps coming. Number 40, Cody up on the sack. Manuel bringing pressure, not just with the lineman, but bringing a linebacker here and there. And in that case, Cody Opp just beat the male defender. When Mel's, when Mel's quarterback stepped up to try to get room to throw the ball, Yop was there and put him down on the turf. Clock continues to roll. 2.16 to go before half. It's third and 19 for the Bulldogs. The ball now back at their own 18-yard line. With the screens virtually uh, ineffective here, I wonder what the Bulldogs will do will try next. Well, they're splitting three wide to the right, two wide to the left. Manuel with three down linemen. Eight, eight in coverage. Langdon throws deep. This one's going to be picked off. Oh, my goodness. And actually, a, it was hit by two manual defenders. Justin Green dives out of nowhere for the reception. And in that case, the tip drill paid off for Justin Green. Both manual defenders were in good position. Neither one of them could come up with the ball. And it wasn't intended for Justin Green, but playing good follow-up. He just followed up the play, came up with the football before it hit the turf. Just what it looked like Manuel was about to take total control. Really solid defense by the Crimsons until that until that tip came down in Justin Green's hands. There's a flag on the play. So hold the phone. And Mayo is back walking line backwards. Of scrimmage. And as we, now we look at it, Buzz, the referees are splitting the options to the Crimsons. Wow. Wow, another, another big break for Manuel. Five-yard penalty. A five-yard penalty, but like you explained about the one on Manuel a little while ago, Dave, that's, I mean, from near midfield all the way back to the 13-yard line is way more than five yards. Not taking anything away from uh, Mel's quarterback, but that completion, uh, if it was yeah. Lewis to count, we call that an eight ball slop. He, he, <laughs> he definitely threw it up for grabs, but you got to give credit for Justin Green to never give up on the play as what well. What hustle, what hustle. Four receivers to the right this time, one to the left. Langdon in the shotgun inside his own 10. Ben Manuel was only rushing three, but flags are down and the officials blew it dead. 133 before half. We might have had some movement there. It, it looks to me, Dave, like Mayo's receivers are trying to get off 
a little bit early trying to get a head start on the manual defense, and it looks like it's cost them two plays in a row. Ball's back inside the 10 now. Ball at the 8, third and 29 for the male Bulldogs. 130 left in the half. The clock continues to roll. Manual might want to think about spending a timeout here if the male doesn't pick up the big yardage. Male stay, they go under center this time. Four down linemen for the Crimsons this time. Short drop. It's going to be a draw play That's to Hobbs. Hobbs. He's going to pick up some decent yardage as he Good gets up across the 20. Got to the 23-yard line. Patrick so, Warren closed to be in, in on the tackle. One oh nine to go before the half. It's fourth down. Eggers and Schnur in on the tackle as well. And Manuel did call a timeout. They, they called their second timeout. So I think they want to look at uh, Aaron Cosby with another punt return. And we're looking at the ball sitting on the 23. So again, you would expect good field position. Give Manuel a short field to work with with about a minute to go. the first two punts that Males had tonight, Manuel is pretty content to sit back for a return. I didn't look like they have any intentions of going after a block. I'd say the way the momentum's going right now, a block would be great, but a roughing penalty would, would not be a good thing. So, And they have gotten good returns, which would give them excellent position, field position, to try to score again before halftime. Dresden Davidson, along with Andre Wells, are set to return the punt. They're standing uh, just inside their own 45-yard line. Bo Edgar stays in the middle linebacker. And Langdon back in punt formation again for the Bulldogs. Good snap. This is a bad kick off the side of his foot. It's going to be a fair catch at the 45-yard line, and Mayo's going to recover. Just what it looked like Manuel was going to be in good shape before the half. And he called for the fair catch, and the ball hit him in the knees and rolls right back to the Bulldogs. So having them pinned up inside their 10... They take their foot off, the proverbial cleat off the Bulldogs' throat and give them another shot. On the, on the short punt, he was trying to signal for a fair catch and run after the ball at the same time. It just misjudged it. It dropped a little bit short. And instead of catching it with his hands, like you said, it hit him in the knee. Just as well to let that ball uh, bounce. Yep. It was never crossed midfield. That's one that should have hit the ground. Four receivers to the right, one's left for male. Langdon, plenty of time to throw. He's thrown over the middle, and it's... In and out of the hands of a male receiver at about the 40-yard line. Broken up by number 44, Patrick Warren. Langdon was looking for Justin DeSilvey over the middle. Less than a minute to go here. Clock stops with the incomplete pass. Second and 10 for male at their own 43-yard line. Male stays with the shotgun. Three receivers to the right, two to the left. Manuel's rushing three. Nick Brown drops back in, in pass coverage. Langdon, no pressure at all. He's going to loft one up deep to Green. He juggled and it just fell out of his hands. That time he couldn't come up with goodness. the football. That was nearly a big play for the Bulldogs. Nice defensive effort by Dijon White. But the deflected ball went up in the air, and Green certainly had an opportunity to come down with it, but he couldn't quite get his hits. That was uh, reminiscent of uh, a Drew Pearson or a Lynn Swan type of effort on the reception. Yes, he laid out horizontally and almost made a, a great catch. It's third and ten, 48 seconds to go. 
And uh, Manuel needs to be alert where Mr. Green is at all times. This time he lines up in the slots to the left. He better get somebody's attention over there. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was the, the uh, 100-meter champion at the state track meet. They're looking means... for him again. This time they throw to the short receiver across good, midfield. Good closing speed by Cody Yop to make the tackle, but he did carry the receiver out of bounds, which stops the clock. Tommy Ferguson, I believe, on the reception, but it's short of first down yardage. It's going to bring up fourth down. They had Green in the slot, and he ran off the uh, the corner deep, and Ferguson broke to the sideline. Ulinski coming in on defense as number 94, Emmanuel Belt, comes off. Fourth and one. Mail go for it here. No shotgun this time, but a tight formation. Look for the quarterback sneak again. Oh. Hand off to Hobbs. I believe he got it. He didn't he get much, but I think he got more than he needed. Mail with three timeouts left. 38 seconds to go in the half. Uh, Cody Opp came out of the pile with the ball, but the officials didn't bite on that one either. <laughs> ball right on the 45-yard line of Manuel. Mail calls a timeout. Joe Nichols brings over his crew to bring up, talk about some last-minute uh, plans here. They, uh, buzz, they, they've got to keep an eye on Justin Green at all times. All times. Mail uses their weapons. They always have all of their great athletes that go back through the years. They find a way to use them to get them involved in the game. And with that sprinter speed that he has, he can take any play end zone to end zone. It's a really great night for football. Not too hot, not too cold. Good crowd. Looks like it's come out. It's kind of swallowed up by the size of Papa John Stadium, but it's still a good crowd. It would ease, easily be stuffed in over at Manuel Stadium tonight. And overflowed at uh, the new Maxwell Field. That's right. So this is the first of a two-year contract to play this game out here. Let's hope it's the first of many. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love watching games out here, and we've got a great view of the game from up here in the press box. Okay. Heyman in the slot to the right. Langdon takes a snap. He retreats. He throws a slant over the middle, and oh, what a great catch, and it's dropped. Boy, there was some contact there. Tyler Langdon, Langdon actually had the reception at the 20, and he David was Schmur with really good contact. Schmur knocked the ball out of his hands. Sorry to jump in on your line there, Dave, but I was so excited by that hit, I just had to get it out. David Schnur with a really good hit. He's a vicious safety back there. He's uh, seen some action this year, and he usually has been known to bring the leather, and that was need, no exception. You need that headhunter mentality back there at safety, and he certainly brought it on that play and knocked the ball loose. Four to the right, one to the left for Mayo. This time they line up in the ladder formation, the tree formation. Langdon backs up. He's looking for single coverage to the left. He's going to be flushed out of the pocket by Nick Brown. He runs him out of bounds inside the, at the 46-yard line. That'll stop the clock. Five seconds to go. Llewellyn was chasing him as well. He did get out of bounds. Actually gained a yard on the play, but not the big yardage they were looking for. I believe that was Frudenberger with the pursuit. Uh, 57. Oh, okay. Along with Nick Brown, but they did an excellent job of defensive line. Uh, he was looking to the left where they only sent out uh, one receiver, and he had man coverage over there. Brown's coming off the field, holding his head. Looks like he's got his helmet in his hand. Emmanuel Belt replaced him, and Emmanuel Belt's made some good plays already. I don't know if he cut his head or something, but the official did stop the game to let him out of the game. Third and ten, ball just outside the manual 45. Mail stays in the shotgun. Green 
also one of the four receivers to the left, to the right. This time he comes all the way out, almost to the manual sideline. White drops off and gives him 15 yards. Langdon is going to be flushed out. He scrambles. Oh, and it's knocked down. Snow again on the play. Right, right there. Did a good job getting in to knock the ball down. Fourth and ten. 17 seconds to go, and this is might as well be a free play for the Bulldogs here. Manuel can hang on here before the half. They're going to very fortunate. Uh, <laughs> bubble pump uh, punt actually gave Mail some life. And some very good field position along with that life. I've been noticing, Dave, when Mail brings three people out here, wide receivers, Manuel doesn't bring as many with them, and I, I'm concerned about that, but it hasn't hurt us yet. Here's the play. Langdon throwing over the middle, and he's got his man. Put down. Good penetration by the line, but Langdon got the ball off. Huge hit by Patrick Warren, but not until there's a first down for the Bulldogs. Ferguson with another reception. 11 seconds to go. They stop the clock momentarily to set the chains. The ball's going to be placed down at the 34, and the Bulldogs will take another timeout. Crimson's come over to meet with Coach Nichols. 11 seconds left to play, but that's time for two or three tosses into the end zone. And now time for today's ball game. We'll be recognizing the Simpson Sound seniors. Please stay around as we recognize our seniors for the band. Manuel certainly not playing perfect put football tonight. They're playing very inspired football. They've turned it up a notch. That's the exact word I was thinking when you started talking, and it is inspired. Certainly, uh, Manuel's play today is worthy of the old rivalry game. Four receivers against the right for Mayo. Manuel only sends three defensive linemen in. Langdon, he's going to look deep over the middle, and he's going to have Green standing all over at the two. They're going to mark it down at the one-yard line. Well, Green got lost in the secondary. And like you said before, of all the people not to lose, he's the one. Somehow, some way, he got some separation. And Mayo will take their last time out with the ball on the three-yard line. White did get to him and knock him out of bounds, but, of course, that stopped the clock. Excuse me, though. We're going to mark it down at the one, three yeah, seconds. He actually lunged forward trying to get into the end zone before he went out of bounds, and fortunately for the Crimsons, he didn't make it to the end zone. Mayo has time for one more play. Well, just like last week when Manuel uh, pretty much controlled the whole first half against Bullet East, they gave up a touchdown on the last play of the half. Let's see if the Crimsons can hold here. This is going to be a big play for momentum going in at halftime for either team. If Mayo gets in, of course, it draws them to within a touchdown. If Manuel holds them, they keep the two-touchdown lead. Ulinski again in on defense for some beef on the line. T.J. Gritton runs toward the sideline. Looks like they're going to go for some beef up front. And all the whole stadium comes alive here. Everybody's on their feet. Everybody's cheering. Both sides are urging. Both teams are urging the fans to get up and make some noise. What an atmosphere. Ball on the right hash mark. Mail in a very tight formation. Power eye. All right, quarterback sneak. I don't think he got in. I believe Easy. when he surged, he did. Second effort gets Langdon in the end zone. Time expires here at the first half. 
That's, that's one of those things that they don't call anymore, Dave, but in the old days, if the backs came in and started pushing forward, that was illegal to help a runner that way, but nowadays you see that, and both of the up backs in the backfield helped push Mr. Langdon into the end zone. We've got a player down in the end zone. I can't get a number on him. Hard to see. There's some trainers standing around him. It is a male player. Okay, we're going to fill this uh, halftime segment of the male manual game with the uh, an interview that we had with Buzz last year concerning his father, Clarence Frank. Uh, he was inducted into Manual's Hall of Fame as uh, Manual's greatest fan. Here's that interview. My dad was uh, inducted into Manuel's Hall of Fame and called Manuel's greatest fan. He went to 72 straight male Manuel games starting in 1921. And actually, the day he passed away, he had picked up his tickets for a Seneca game, Seneca and Manuel, that day, and passed away before the game started. But we gave the tickets away to some fan to sit in his place. Um, but Dad went to all of the games, not just the male games. He would go to every game. Any way he could, the only games he would miss would be out of town that were far enough out of town because he worked on Saturdays. If he couldn't get back, he couldn't make it. So he only missed, oh, maybe a handful, dozen or so, in all those years from 21 on. And he really enjoyed going to the games. Started taking me when I was six years old to the Thanksgiving game in 1956. And I've been doing it. So Ed really enjoyed Manuel. He thought the 38 team was the best team that Manuel ever put out. And he said they were national champions. No other Manuel team actually won it on the field. I countered that no team could be better than the 59 team because of all the great players that he had. And he somewhat agreed but said no. 38 was better. 59 was right there with him. And so I, I just grew up loving Manuel and knowing about Manuel from what my dad had to say and what he taught me about the school. And he just loved going to the game. Uh, what would be your favorite memory of you? I mean, you've been in, you played on the 66 manual team. Right. And uh, other than being a player in that game, which is a completely different feeling than someone just sitting up in the stands watching it to right there where, where it's happening and so you have a different perspective on the game. But other than playing Paul, what would be the most favorite game that you watched? No contest. <laughs> 1959. <laughs> 52 American, Sherman Lewis, Paul McPherson, Steve Wright, Pete Bedgen, Jack Clark, Donnie Brown, uh, Billy Farrell, uh, Jim Hudson. The list goes on and on. These guys were my heroes growing up. A lot of people have pro football players and basketball players as heroes. I always wanted to be a manual player. And I got to sit next to my dad at that game, and right at the opening kickoff, he said, 81, here we come. He was excited because he just had a feeling that we were going to roll, and we did. I, I remember, even though I was only nine years old that year, I remember a few plays from that game. I remember Sherman Lewis intercepting the pass and running a long way for a touchdown, and the male quarterback dove and kind of slid through the mud and missed him, and Lewis scored a touchdown. Final score was 62 to nothing. 
It was just a great game. There were quite a few people at the fairgrounds for that game. No doubt, that was that was my best moment. We were we were screaming and hollering the whole time the game went on. My first game in 1956. One of my memories from that was that I took a full bag of confetti that my brother and sister made for me, and I came back with well over half of the bag because the game wound up six to six. So I went through a handful of confetti <laughs> a couple times. They told me that I should have been throwing it with every first down, with every good play, and I didn't realize that. I was too young. But those are, those are my two favorite games. Uh, unfortunately, our 66 team, as great as that team was, didn't win on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, tell us about that, about that game. I remember even Wilbur Hockett had got, did he get hurt in the yeah. Butler game? Was that what right. Back in those days, the state championship game was played before the male manual game. And Mayo had a couple weeks to prepare, and they had a really good team. They only lost one game that year. And we came into it just off winning the state championship, but Wilbur Hackett was, if there would have been a Mr. Football in Kentucky that year, Wilbur would have been it. He was actually the leading vote-getter on the Federal Journal All-State team two years in a row. Went on to have a good career at Kentucky. And Wilbur was the leader of the team. We had a lot of great players, but Wilbur was the true leader. And Wilbur tore up his knee uh, in the third quarter of the Butler game, which was for the state championship. Also in the Butler game, and not as publicized, but the quarterback, Gary Evans, hurt his ankle. So Gary, who was a, a good running quarterback, we ran a lot of option back in those days, Gary was a little less mobile than he was. And one of the benefits for me is I was Wilbur's backup at linebacker, so I got to play a lot more snaps in that game than I would have had Wilbur been healthy. But I was certainly not the player that Wilbur Hackett was. That was your junior year. That was my junior year. And I, I was a reserve. Um, I learned a lot about how to overcome adversity from that game because I really thought there wasn't a team on the planet that could stop as much less than high school, any pro team could stop it. And uh, we were just, it was just a great team. Uh, it was, of all of the team sports I ever participated in, that was probably the closest team as far as getting along with each other. Uh, everybody pulled for each other. We worked hard together. We practiced hard. One of my first memories of, of Hackett was seeing him, summer practice, 9,500 degree day, already fully decked out for practice, running around in circles, warming up before anybody else had even come out of the locker room telling everybody that Hack was ready. I didn't even know who he was, but I found out later. And here was the leader, the best player on the team. As a junior, he was the best player on the team, and he was the first out of the locker room to get ready for practice. Now, what happened the following year? We got stomped. <laughs> My senior year. Thanks for bringing that up, John. <laughs> My senior year, um, we actually lost 39 to nothing. It was, um, we started out the season pretty well. We had a lot of injuries that year, and a lot of, with a lot of players down, we kind of faded as the year went along. And then when we played Mel, Mel had a very good team that year. And actually,
thing I learned, again, was to rise up from adversity and not let it get me down. I wouldn't trade anything from my experience at manual other than maybe being on the W side instead of the L side of those games. I, I just I wouldn't trade it because just being able to participate in those games and still my junior year was the largest crowd over the Super Bowl manual game. So participating in that, playing against them, I have a lot of respect for the guys that played at Mail. They had good teams, and I really learned a lot just from being on the field and learning how to. Uh, just the feeling, the chills that went through my my whole body when I stepped out on the field at the fairgrounds. Did you feel any pressure from having your having your dad at the games? You know, he, he was there watching before you came and after you played. And, no, <laughs> I, I, I felt really fortunate because I knew if I'd have been somewhere else playing, he'd have been at Daniel. By playing at Daniel, I, I had my dad in the stands. Probably the first Christmas I was born. I'm sure there was a football under the tree, um, football helmet. I actually, one year for Christmas, three or four, got a leather helmet. So that kind of dates me a little bit. And then, uh, but you had known so many people at that name, and probably in high school too. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have so-called celebrities like come to your house and to, to, just to chat, or did you go to their homes? And did you meet any of your heroes? Well, in, in some ways, uh, not because of my dad, but uh, my brother and sister were both older than I was, and it's a little-known fact, and Steve probably wouldn't own up to it, but apparently he took my sister out once or twice when they, Steve Wright, took my sister out once or twice when they were in junior high school. And we used to, us smaller kids played baseball in the backyard with a wiffle ball. And if it wound up on the roof, it would go into the gutter. Well, my brother, being older, would climb out on the roof and throw the wiffle ball back down to us. Well, he did that one day, and he blocked the window behind him, and my brother had to stay out on the roof for a while. <laughs> I found out later that Steve was always cutting up like that anyway, but I didn't even know who he was at the time until I started watching manual football because he went from from junior high school over the manual, and then I knew who he was and, and heard the story. I just remembered some big guy slammed the window to have my brother and flipped the lock on it, and I wasn't going to go on to it. <laughs> we did have, uh, back to my dad, though, we did have um, Earl Ruby used to call him and talk to him, Curry Journal sports writer, um, and they would talk football. Jim Bolas, another career journal sports writer, would call him and talk to him. And Jim Bolas, he played on the male high team. He played on the for male high team in the yes. game. Right. Earl Ruby graduated uh, from Manual. Way back. About the time when my dad did. My dad was at Manual in the early 20s, 21, 25 and a half, somewhere like that, uh, with his graduating class. He never actually graduated, but he never lost his time to the school. Mm -hmm. now, did he know the, uh, the side bottoms? Uh, did he know? Yes. Okay. In fact, he used to tell stories about players like uh, Clarence Sadbottom and um, something about missing a team bus or something coming back from Ashland. Don't remember it totally, but I think he might have been chasing some girl down there or something like that. But somehow or another, or maybe it was going down there, but he made the game and played, and they, and, and they had teams like that. My dad was actually named after two manual, football, or manual students. Clarence and Harold Butel, and his name was Clarence Harold. 
Uh, my real name is Clarence. It was named after my dad on that, but my middle name is different, so I'm not named after the details. Um, TV reporters, uh, Fred Cowgill, who's still in town, interviewed my dad before the 100th male manual game. And um, John Bolt with Channel 32 did a piece when my dad passed away, and they they even brought the TV cameras out to the grave site and interviewed me talking about my dad. So he achieved some celebrity status. Um, for Jim Bolas, excuse me, for Jim Bolas, he picked his all-time manual team, and Jim wanted him to just pick 11, the 11 best manual players, and Dad couldn't do it. And he finally settled on 24 or 25 players. The usual suspects, Sad Bottom, Sherman Lewis, uh, Steve Wright, Pete Dudgeon, and guys from the 38 team, Fred Davis from the 40s. He told guys like that, and I was looking at the list, and I told him, I said, Dave, this is a pretty good list, but you left the name off. He said, Martin, yeah, you did. Don't you remember a kid that played in the late 60s, played some center and linebacker? And he knew I was talking about me. I said, but, you know, didn't you leave that kid off? He said, no, I didn't leave anybody off. What about me? I didn't leave anybody off. So I knew I was not one of the greatest players in manual history. My own dad wouldn't even admit it. He was kind enough to give me a copy of that. And uh, I was really surprised not to see my name there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're just off the top 25. You know? I think we're like 26 and 27. Um, I was somewhere behind Preston Gray as usual. Yeah. Uh, that brings up a name that both my dad and I really enjoyed watching play. Preston Gray was a tremendous receiver. Um, maybe the smoothest high school receiver I ever saw play the game. Uh, celebrity status. There were always people wanting to know about male manual. And uh, Dad, in his later years, was like an icon out of the school. Uh, he pretty much had free run of the place. He was retired. He could go out to the school during the daytime, walk the halls. The students all knew who Mr. Frank was. They would speak highly of him. I still run into people who ask about him. Okay, we're going to end that interview now, and the uh, second half is about ready to get underway, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. Hey, fans, want to protect yourself, your family, or your business? Then check out Louisville's one-stop shop for security, the safety and security store. You'll find great deals on everything from video monitors to self-defense products. They're located at 622 Baxter Avenue in Louisville, Kentucky. Give them a call, 502-587-8273, or visit their website at safetysecuritystore.com. And remember, their business is your security. Well, fans, before we uh, cut off for the halftime, we mentioned that uh, a male player had been hurt. It was number 60, Jerry Sisson. Looked like he hurt his right leg. They did attend to him on the field. He went off. He, he did go off. He was helped off the field, but he was under his own power. So we hope the young man's okay. If we can find out more information about him, we will let you know. But at least it didn't appear to be too serious. Right now, Manuel's band is out on the field. Walking down to the end zone, they just had the... Uh, they awarded for the seniors 
mentioned them, and the seniors have come off, and now the band's leaving the field, and it looks like the uh, the Dazzlers are out at midfield for what I'm sure is going to be an inspiring dance routine. That's one group that won't get in trouble for dancing on the Cardinal. At least I hope not. Well, if the UFL football team comes after them, somebody will have to stop them. Before we cut away, uh, Colin Cheatham's extra point was good. It actually makes the halftime score 20-14. to 14. As we get ready, there's about three minutes before kickoff for the second half. We do know that the Crimsons will be receiving the kickoff. And it's important to establish the offense right away and take the ball down the field, put it back in the end zone to get that two-touchdown cushion again. Pretty much the first half is uh, what I expected. Uh, it's been a lot of big plays and some super plays by both teams. Just some really great athletes on both sides of the ball, uh, wearing purple, wearing red. Just an all-around great uh, great game, great high school football game. And the teams both are putting out inspired performances. It's kind of hard not to be distracted by the Dazzlers out on the field. Just been handed the uh, halftime stats here. I'll just start out uh, recapping the scoring. Uh, Mel broke the ice with 6.27 to go in the first quarter as Justin Langdon ran one yard. Stopped, started a, uh, actually ended a four-play 26-yard drive, put Mail up 7-0. Uh, Mail, uh, that would end the scoring for Mail in the first quarter, and then with 147 left in the first quarter, it was Joey Harness to Gary Cooper from 16 yards out. Matt Burnett's extra point made it 7-all at the end of one. And uh, Manuel again would uh, hook up uh, when Harness found uh, Cooper this time on an 80-yard uh, pass. That pushed uh, Manuel ahead for the first time tonight, 14-7. With 3.35 to go in the half, it was D.J. Hawk, 56 yards straight up the middle on a trap. And momentarily, Manuel had seized the game, leading 20-7. Uh, fumble led to a... Uh, 57-yard drive by Mayo, and Justin Green made a spectacular catch at the manual one, and Justin Langdon snuck it in on the last play of the first half. Colin Cheatham's extra point was good, and at the half, uh, it was 20-14, to 14, and that's where we are now. You're right, and some of the some of the statistics really stand out. Mayo has controlled the ball if you look at the offensive plays, but Manuel has outgained them by 90 yards thanks to some big plays, particularly the 80-yard harness to Cooper pass and the 56-yard D.J. Hawk run. The fumbles and turnovers are a big story of this game. Of course, Mayo's had two passes intercepted. Manuel's lost a couple of fumbles. Buzz, one glaring statistic here at the half is time of possession. Mail, 15 minutes, 21 seconds. Manuel's only had the ball for 8 minutes, 39, and have scored three touchdowns. The uh, quick strike offense of the Crimsons, particularly when you get an 80-yard touchdown pass and a 56-yard run, uh, your time of possession is not going to be good. And uh, normally you'd think with Mail controlling the ball as much as they have, that would be a negative, but... The bottom line is, is the Crimsons are still ahead 20 to 14. I do note that Mail converted twice on fourth down when they needed to. They're on that last drive. 
it, uh, it, it certainly silenced the uh, the crowd right before the half. Uh, but we'll see if the Crimson's can bounce back. They'll get the second half kickoff. A chance to push the lead back out to two touchdowns again. I, I expect to see a lot more of uh, Harness to Cooper for some reason. I think so too. And again, it, you, you point out not only does it work for the offense when, when Cooper's getting his hands on the ball and running down the field and Harness is throwing it to him, but it also it keeps Justin Green on the run chasing him down because they've been having Green go at him one on one. Cooper's won that battle twice tonight. There's just uh, there's just been some uh, some tremendous individual efforts by, by a few players out on the field tonight. They've just made some outstanding plays that you will not see normal teenage kids make. Uh, Justin Green is something special. Yes, he is. And and if you go back to Cooper's 80-yard touchdown pass, the way he took a deflected ball that could have easily just dropped right to the ground and turned turned without stumbling and went the other the last 25 yards into the end zone was just an amazing play. Well, males made their way back into the uh, into the stadium. Both teams kind of warming up, getting ready for the second half. And while we were off the air, like you said, we kind of expect to see more scoring in this second half. Although the defense has come up with some big plays here and there, for the most part, it's been the offensive showing that, that put points on the board, and we expect to see many more points in the second half. D.J. Hawk leads the manual rushers. He's got 96 yards on only seven carries. Of course, he had the big 56-yard uh, run. Yeah, he's actually averaging well over 13 yards a carry. Looks like the mascots are getting in a tussle on the uh, closed end of the stadium. And the crush a little pushing and shoving. Uh, this led to some trouble a couple of years ago over at, uh, actually I believe it was last season, last when the season. Bulldog was actually suspended and it ended up in litigation, believe it or not. Well, we, you know, all of this should be in good, in good fun, and we certainly don't want to see anybody hurt, whether on the field or the mascots. But. This time, actually, there's two Bulldogs against one lone Ram over there. And the pushing's going on, and, it, and well, it, the interesting thing is, is the Bulldogs are backing up from the Ram. They've probably been advised by their counsel to back <laughs> away. Uh, one of the Bulldogs is wearing a sombrero. And I think security is actually is, is talking to the Bulldogs <laughs> to back away. And now they're moving the Ram back on the other side of the field. It's amazing how brave the Bulldog got when, when some other people came in. Well, the Ram would be uh, best served. Oh, be best served just to point to the scoreboard at this point. The best thing to do for both of them, there's, there's a few extra extra uh, fans getting in involved here, and it, the best thing to do, like you say, would be to go back to their seats in the stands, let the teams play it out on the field. Security has removed the manual fan from the playing surface. Well, good to see both mascots kept their heads. That's literally. <laughs> and we're ready to kick off here the second half. Andre Wells and Gary Cooper deep for Manuel. They'll defend the south goal. Cheatham will tee it up on the 40, and no matter of fact, he already has. 
Mamie will be moving toward the open end of the stadium for the, for the third quarter, headed toward the Schnellenberger Complex. And we're underway. High kick. It's going to be fielded. It's going to be in the end zone. It's actually caught by Wells, but it's going to be a touchback. So the Crimsons will take over on their own 20-yard line to start the third quarter, leading 20-14. to 14. Defense is uh, already on the field. Manuel's whole offense was on the sideline getting the, the first play. And they Cooper, go straight to the ball, no huddle. Cooper to the left. He's picked up double coverage now. I'm sure he'll have, have that the rest of the night. Justin Green in his face at the line of scrimmage. Harness in the shotgun. Short drop. He's got DJ Hawk over the middle on a quick slant. He couldn't hang on. Tim Payne on the coverage from Harness, Mayo. He might have stripped it away. Harness fired the ball in. It was maybe just a tick behind Hulk. Could, got his hands on it but couldn't pull it in. So Tony Branch and Justin Green are bracketed on Gary Cooper. Uh, Buzzett has to leave two or three other receivers. Somebody on the other side you would expect to be open. Well, Branch isn't over here this time, so it's one-on-one. -on -one. Cosby and Wells to the right. Harness stays in the shotgun. Just to trap the Raven Smith, and there's nowhere to go. He's going to be swallowed up for a loss of about two. Good penetration by the Bulldog defense that time. They, their defensive line got into the manual backfield, and there was nowhere for Raven Smith to go. Justin Langdon, ironically, Mel's quarterback, plays a little linebacker. Actually stopped Raven Smith for a loss of, uh, they're going to say one. Looks more like two. It's going to be third and long for the Crimsons. Not the way we wanted to start the second half. No. Big play here on third down. Crimson's really needed to move the ball forward on this series. Take back a little bit of that momentum that they lost right before halftime. Manuel stays with the wing tee. Cooper, the lone receiver, splits to the left. He, again, has double coverage. Quick trap to D.J. Hawk. Nothing doing. Maybe a yard. Maybe a gain of two. That's going to bring up fourth and ten. Got barely across the 20-yard line before three or four male players were in on the tackle. It's going to send number 42, Antonio Booker, and 17, Tony Branch, back to receive the Andre Wells punt. I think Manuel was really wanting to go to Cooper there, but they probably didn't expect to open up the second half staring at a double coverage. That's what they got. And big adjustments at halftime are important. Wells stands on his own eight-yard line. Neiman over the ball at center. Here's a snap. Good Wells snap. got it. No pressure. Nice kick. Booming kick, and it's going to be fielded by Booker at the 45. He rolls to the right, finds the seam, runs it in his own man. It's going to be brought down by a host of Crimsons. Pretty good coverage by the Crimsons again. James Clay, Jacob Llewellyn. Matt. Neiman was in on the play as well. After he snapped the ball, he, he hustled downfield and made, helped in on the tackle. 10-12 to go in the first in the third quarter. Mel takes their first possession of the second half at their own 49. Pretty good field position for the Bulldogs to start their first drive of the second half. We'll see how they come out and play it. Langdon in the shotgun. Mel comes up in a tight formation. Three down lineman for the Crimsons. 
Green on the sweep to the left. Heavy penetration, and Patrick Warren swallows him up, along with Emmanuel Belt in the backfield. Just great penetration by the Crimson on defensive line, just like the Bulldogs did earlier on the Crimson's first offensive series. Second and 12. The best way to stop somebody with sprinter speed is to catch them before they really get rolling. And the Crimsons did at that time perfectly. Now sends one receiver wide right. Number 86, Garvin Whalen. They stay the to the right. Again, they sweep green to the right. Penetration in the backfield. He makes one man miss two. Patrick Warren again on the tackle. Along with Andre Wells. Eggers had a shot at him in the backfield. Helped finish up too. He did stretch it out to where the rest of the Crimson defense could close in on him. Keep it to a short game. It's going to make it third and ten. The ball back to the original line of scrimmage at the 49. Big play here for the Bulldogs. Hobbs comes out of the game for Mail. They send three receivers to the left. Actually, four Green and Heyman over there. Let's make sure we don't lose count of uh, of Green. Mail's only got two defenders over there to cover four. Langdon's looking to his left. Oh, wait, there's a heavy pressure. Cody off with the sack back at the 40-yard line. Help from, help from Emmanuel Belt. He put great penetration right up the middle. And the, and the Crimson's defense comes up with just another big series, forcing the Bulldogs to punt after a net on that series of minus eight yards. Andre Wells is back to receive the punt. David Schnurr. Fourth and 18, clock running. About eight minutes to go in the third quarter. Manuel still leads 20-14. David Schnurr, he's only about 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. Maybe uh, looking for a fake here. This is another poor kick. Manuel be well advised just to get away from this one. Fortunately, the ball rolls out of bounds at the 35 before anybody has a chance to field it. And on the exchange of punts, the Crimson's actually gained about 13 yards. Pretty good field position based on where they were before they punted the last time. So we'll see what the Crimsons can do for their second offensive series of the second half. Actually, the ball placed right on the 35. Cosby, Cooper to the left. Raven Smith being the wing to the left. Bates to the right. D.J. Hawk the fullback. Hale has about everybody within three yards of the ball. Raven Smith in motion to the right. He's looking for Cooper. He's got him! At the 45! Makes one man miss. He's swung out of bounds at the 45-yard line of Mail. Another timing pattern, and Cooper just made a great play at the sideline. Picks it up. Looked like they had Jeremy Webb on coverage that time instead of Justin Green, and Cooper just went right by him. Well, the Crimson, they're not going to back down from double coverage. Nice touch pass by Harness, too. Again, he, he's got a really good knack of getting that out ball right to where Cooper can catch it and nobody else. Cosby wide right. Cooper in the slot. Bates in motion to the left. Quick pitch to Bates around the left side. He's got one block, two, three slips. One man, he's inside the 35. He fumbles the ball. Now recovers. Dexter Heyman is going to recover the ball at the 26. I thought he was down. Looked like he was lunging, trying to lay the ball out in front of him like you see done so many times on Sunday, and the ball just slipped out of his hand. He actually made a couple nice moves on a run that looked like it wasn't going to produce anything, 
had a good game that would have been a first down and then put the ball on the carpet. The male's going to take over to 26. Third fumble tonight from Manuel. Tough break after a really Tough good break. run. The male dodges another bullet. Langan stays in the shotgun. Twin receivers to the left, one to the right. Counterplay to the right. Most right side, Patrick Warren on the tackle. It was Juan Hobbs on the carry. He was up close to the 30-yard line. Gain of about three. Eggers in as well on the tackle. 725 to go in the third quarter. So it remains manual 20, male 14. Hobbs has been getting quite a few carries tonight. Three down linemen for the Crimsons. Mailing that tight formation out of the shotgun. Green off left tackle. Stiff, stiff resistance from the right side of the manual line. So he ran right at Nick Brown. Nick Brown, a little slow getting up there. On the tackle, number 99. Eggers and Tutson in there as well. That looked like one of those old student body left plays where the whole line pulled to the left and Manuel just forced the blockers nowhere, stacked them all up at the line of scrimmage and there was no room for the ball carrier to go. Neiman, excuse me, belt checks out Ulinski in. It's third and two. Ball at the male 34-yard line. Tight formation, this time Langdon under center. Hand off the Hobbs around left end. He's got big yardage. Probably picks up about five yards before he's brought down by Bo Edgers right at the 40-yard line. Nice running room outside of tackle. Ulitsky goes out. Belt checks back in for Ulitsky. Hobbs is getting the bulk of the carries for the Bulldogs this second half. Might, we might see a pattern developing here. Maybe like a basketball team. Maybe Redmond's resting uh, his, uh, his point guard there for the stretch run down the fourth. Langdon in a shotgun. Short drop. He's looking deep over the middle. Oh! Has a man open. He just can't hang on. And I believe that was uh, for 38. 36, Justin DeSilvey. Second and 10 from the 40. 5.59 to go in the third quarter. Score same 20-14 to 14 manual. Eggers was in coverage on that play, but the pass could have gone for a long way as the Bulldog receiver had gotten a step on him. Tight formation for Mayo. Out of the shotgun. Three receivers very tight to the right. It's going to be a counter play to Green around left end. Oh! Cody Yop and Patrick Warren just blew that play up. Blew him up. Green was shot up about five feet in the air. Right at the line of scrimmage, nothing doing there. Just going to bring up third and ten. Really looked just like looked like Justin Green had room to run on that play, and like you said, the Crimson's closed on him and stopped him right at the line of scrimmage on what could have been a big play if he'd have gotten a speeder to make the corner. So another big play for the Crimson defense. Mail and shotgun again. Two receivers to the left, three to the right. Heyman in the slot to the right. Langdon takes a shotgun. He's looking left. The whole way. The ball's tipped to the line of scrimmage. Cody Yop on the flip breaks it up. What a game Cody Yop is playing tonight. He came untouched from the right defensive side on the blitz. Got his hands up because he couldn't get to the quarterback in time. And he knocked that pass down. And the Crimson's defense is held again. Yop, a 5'10", 170-pound senior. 
Well, before the game started, we said that the manual linebacking core was going to have to step up, and they certainly have on almost every series tonight. Wells, back to receive the punting stands just at his own 30 for Langdon's kick. High kick. Wells is going to field it at the 30. He's going to be brought down right to the 31-yard line. Good pursuit by Mayo. Mayo closed really well. It looked like he was going to catch the ball with room to run, but the Mayo de defenders had gotten there right at the time that the ball arrived. And he actually did a good job to hang on without fumbling. Probably get credit for a one-yard return, but at least he held on to the ball and he got positive yardage. It's an injured male bulldog down at the 30-yard line. 5.05 remaining in the third quarter. Score is still manual 20, male 14. The trainers are attending to the male player down on the field. Coach Redmond's coming out. I can't get a number on him, Dave. As soon as I do, I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to let you know. It's hard to even see with the with the people around him. It's hard to even see what they're checking, but it looks like he is getting up. Number 54. Looks Jared. like another right leg injury. Actually, it's Garrett Briner. I'm showing a 5'11", 185-pound sophomore. Well, Gabe Manuel takes the play from the sideline and might have put the ball in play. Cosby, Cooper to the right. Manuel stays with three other running backs in the game. Raven Smith to the wing to the left. Bates to the right. DJ Hawk at the fullback spot, if you will. Harness under center. Bates in motion to the left. It's a quick trap. It looked like he was going to go to Hawk, and it was. It looks like just a mix-up in the backfield. And Harness actually had to take the ball himself. No game. I, I, I think you're right. I believe Hawk was supposed to get the ball, but either Harness didn't get it into him, or he didn't think he was getting it. He went on into the line, and Harness had nowhere to go but toward the line of scrimmage. He actually picked up maybe an inch. Second down for the Crimson, still 10 to go. Cooper, wide right, lone receiver. Marcus Neiman comes in at left tight end. A little confusion, or at least Harness is maybe uh, calling an audible here at the line of scrimmage. Short drop, he's got Cooper again with man coverage. He's in the lane, at the 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 25, no flag. Harness to Cooper. Dave, I'm telling you, Mayo. Down the touchdown. Mayo just does not have anybody who can hang with Gary Cooper. When Harness was the lone receiver, Joey Harness, excuse me, the Cooper split wide right. Harness picked up on it right away, caught an audible line of scrimmage. And Cooper has just scored his third touchdown of the night. A couple of male players just having a little tussle down in the end zone. I think they're trying to fire each other up. 
Cooper's number 28 on the coverage, and and he's just he just doesn't have Cooper speed, and Cooper just beat him right off the line of scrimmage. Great pass from Harness. Jump sides here on the extra point with a 12-point lead. Uh, Buzz, what do you think about going for two with a half the distance call here? Well, uh, part of me says, yeah, we ought to go for two. We, I think we can run the ball in, but I'd rather I think I'd rather just take the point. Let's go ahead and kick it and get it in there. Well, with a half the distance call, uh, unless we're plugged into the manual sideline, it looks like oh, that's going to get the offense. Well, that takes that decision out of everybody's yeah. hands. That brings the offense back on the sideline, and Matt Burnett will put the tee down at about the 15-yard line. I saw the male players jump, and they did make contact, but apparently the left side of the crimson line must have moved a little early. Redding will hold. These extra points are not automatic, and actually they cost Manuel a game against the Bulldogs a couple of years ago. Manuel ends up losing 24-23. And this is more field goal distance than extra point distance. Good Kicks snap down. this time. And I believe this one's good. There it is. Maybe we just need to move the ball back further for the extra points. 4-11 left in the third quarter. DuPont Manuel 27. Mayo 14. Burnett did a great job on the kick, but the key here, unlike the last extra point that was blocked, the snap was perfect, the hold was down quickly, and Burnett was able to kick it in rhythm. Suddenly, across the way, it's very silent. You just can't say enough about this venue for a high school game or for any game, really. Just a great place to play football. And I'm sure these young men are enjoying it tonight. I'm certainly enjoying being up here. Papa John staff uh, taking very good care of us tonight. Burnett teeing the ball up again. Handles all of the place kicking duties for the Crimsons. Justin Green back deep for the Bulldogs. You got to expect Mayo to start pulling out all the stops. If they've got any gadget plays or trickery, you can expect to see them coming pretty quickly. They want to seize that momentum back from the Crimsons. Short kick. It's going to be fielded at about the 10. I believe that's uh, number 38. Wayne Tuckson on the tackle. Wayne Tuckson. Along with Travis Carroll. Good coverage by the Crimsons. A fairly short kick. McCray had some running room. But the Crimsons came in and took care of him. Mail will take over first and 10 at the 27. 4.05 left in the third quarter. Manuel's pushed their lead back out to 13 on a 69-yard pass from Joey Harness to Gary Cooper. Langdon in the shotgun for Mayo. Four down linemen for the Crimson. An option out of the shotgun. Oh, what a tackle! Perfectly read by Wayne Tuxen. Just he, he played off the block, took the pitch, took the pitch man and put him right on the ground before he could get any momentum. Going back to old-time football again, we see the option. Only fitting for the old rivalry. Go back to some old-school football every once in a while. I wouldn't be surprised to see some single wings sometime. we got about 15 minutes left, Buzz. <laughs> Mail stays with a tight 
receiver bunched. Uh, there's four receivers bunched to the left. One of them comes in motion to the right. Langdon in the shotgun along with Hobbs to his right. Here's a snap. Short drop. It looks like they're going to go with uh, something deep. Oh, he's broke down! Again by the manual defensive line, number 94, Emmanuel Belt. Just beat the middle center and guard, split right, right between them, put Langdon on the ground. A great play, another great play by Emmanuel Belt. Okay, we we'll take this chance to introduce ourselves once again. I'm David Wright along with Buzz Frank. This is Old Goat Radio, and this is the 125th male manual game for the first time ever at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. You just joined us. It's 2.44 left in the third quarter. Manual leading male, 27-14. Male has a third and 17 at their own 20. Langdon out of the shotgun. Plenty of time to throw. He throws across the middle. It's tipped and almost intercepted. Pass intended for Green. Fortunately, it was tipped because he would have been close to the first down had he caught that ball. It's going to bring up fourth and 17 for Mayo. While there's a little break with the punting teams coming on, Dave, I noticed that Mike McDaniel, the alumni director for Manual, is over uh, just across the way. And I know Mike, Mike is a contributor to the Old Goats website, which is oldgoatsonline.com. Wells, back for Manuel, and he's going to stand at the male 48 as Langdon is inside his 10 to punt again for the Bulldogs. Here's the snap. Kicks it high to the right, and Wells is going to let it roll. He's well advised to do so. Manuel's going to have great field position at their own 45. 219 remaining in the third quarter. Smart play by Wells. It looked like he had an inkling to go after the ball. Chose better. Let the ball roll, and it looks like Mayo is just kicking away from the coverage. Mayo purposely kicked that ball to the sideline so that Wells couldn't return it. Crimson crowd getting up as the offense is going back onto the field. There's that man again. And I have to apologize. I believe they may call in. Please contact us. Gary Cooper split wide to the left. He's having a great game. Aaron Cosby in the slot to the left. Harness under center. Bates in motion to the left. It's a quick turn to DJ Hawk. He's got some room. Breaks one tackle. Boy, he's brought down as he crosses midfield. Nice running by Hawk. Made a couple tacklers miss. Good block in there by number 69, Connor Wise. It's one of the assets Manuel brings this year, Buzz. In years past, they were maybe one-dimensional. Mayo really now has to respect the passing game of Manuel. It opens up a lot of things with the misdirection of the wing team. It's almost like the shoes on the other foot. Mayo's always been the passing team in the past. This year, Mayo's concentrating on the run. Manuel throwing the ball effectively, and then that opens it up for the run. Smith in motion to the right. Takes a pitch out around right in. Dances around, picks up about three yards. He's close to first down yardage. And again, you'll see that uh, Gary Cooper is... is He's bracketed with double coverage. You might think uh, I'm not sure they can cover him with two. They certainly can't. haven't been able to cover him all night with one. I'm going to call out number 52, Jacob Llewellyn. He made a nice block on that play. Helped Smith get an extra yard. Third and one. The ball just outside the mail, 45. Of course, when they get double coverage on Cooper, that leaves Aaron Cosby. Somebody's going to be open. This time one receiver for Manuel, and it's Cooper. who Still draws double coverage. Manuel on the wing. And it's going to be a sweep with uh, around right in. First down yardage. Travis Williams 
Jacob Llewellyn pulled, Buzz, and just blew a hole. Just a huge hole. It looked like Mel had a shot in the backfield at Raven Smith. He cut behind those two big blockers and turned it into a really nice gain and another first down for the Manual Crimsons as they move deeper into Mel territory. Less than a minute to go in the third. It's first down Manual on the Mel 42. Harness brings in the play from the sideline. Clock continues to run. The interesting thing about this concept, Harness has been bringing the play, coming to the sideline every play, and he's done it all season. Crimson seem to get out of the huddle much quicker than they have in years past. Two receivers to the left. Face in motion to the right. Oh, my goodness, D.J. Hawk right off the middle of the trap play. He's going to go. 42-yarder, D.J. Hawk. D.J. Hawk just went right off the rear end of Big Dave Yulinski for another touchdown. Yulinski just cleared out the mail line. Hawk cut behind him, and there was nobody home in the secondary for the for the Bulldogs. The Clemson Nation has exploded as Manuel pushes the lead out to 33-14. D.J. Hawk having a huge game tonight for the Crimsons, along with some excellent blocking by the line. Burnett on to attempt another extra point. Burnett ready again. Here's a snap. Another good snap. And it's good. 25 seconds to go in the third quarter. Manual 34, male 14. Just a tremendous series set up by the stellar play of the manual defense. Although the offense put the ball in the end zone with some great plays, they wouldn't have had that field position without the excellent play by the defense. This has been a total team effort so far tonight between the offense and the defense, and that's what it states because that's the only way manual ever beats male. takes a total team effort. And we're not saying by a long shot that the game's over either, folks. We have 12 minutes and 25 seconds to go. And we've seen too much happen in the old rivalry to celebrate yet. So let's let's hope we keep the foot on the gas. Absolutely. Burnett tees the ball up again. Looks like Green and uh, Booker are deep. Excuse me, Hobbs and Heyman are deep. Burnett's kick. Short kick is going to be fielded by Lee Green at the 15. Cuts up the middle, crosses over the 30-yard line, and that's where Mail will start over, start their uh, their drive. Mel tried a little strategy that time. Instead of having Green deep, because Manuel's kickoffs have been coming up short, they put Heyman and Hobbs deep and moved Green as the up back, and the kick went right to him. You've got to give credit where credit is due, and Bobby Redmond's been a good coach for a long time, and that was a smart, shrewd play to have his star running back up where he could receive the kickoff. But good defense by the Crimsons limited the return. Two receivers to the right, one to the left. Mel goes it back to the eye formation. Justin Green, the tailback. 
Four down linemen for the Crimsons. Basic hand off the green, off right tackle, breaks one, two. Finally, Andre Wells was able to break, bring him down. Good play by Wells, but Green definitely broke a couple tackles on the way. Well, anybody knows uh, Justin's father, Jelly Green. There's no quit in the Green. I guarantee you that. We're at the end of three. Go ahead and tell them the good news, Buzz. After three quarters, the score reads Manual 34, Mail 14. Crimson's defense getting ready, getting some instructions from Coach Nichols as the as the ball moves to change ends. For the fourth quarter, Mail will be driving toward the uh, Schnellenberger Complex at the open end of the stadium. I could have sworn when DJ scored that last touchdown that I saw the statue of Johnny Unitas cheering. <laughs> he'd, he'd look good in a red jersey right now. Crimson defense has to stack up here. This is an important series to keep Mayo from getting any kind of momentum going into the fourth quarter. Again, once again, uh, this game will be rebroadcast tomorrow on Insight Channel 2 at 7.30. And, of course, if, if you don't have Insight, you can always listen to the replay on Old Goats Online. <laughs> we can also also on WXBH 92.7 FM. 92.7 FM. 92.7. There'll be a replay of the game later tonight. Uh, I think at 11 o'clock uh, we'll okay. have rebroadcast of the game. So we can hear what we sound like on radio, not just on the computer. I usually don't like to hear the sound of my own voice, but for this game, I'll make an exception. <laughs> well, it's certainly been an exciting game, and I'll tell you what, the fans here have been treated to an excellent game, hard fought by both sides. The teams are back out on the field to start the fourth quarter. Again, the score is manual 34, male 14, but what excitement. The, the, the electricity's been in the air all night long, and here come the Bulldogs up to the ball. Mail out of the shotgun. It's a counter handoff to Hobbs. He was hit in the backfield originally, broke free, spins around, reverses the field, and makes a nice game. Picks up about nine yards. Looked like number 92, Brandon Young, had a shot in the backfield but couldn't bring him down. And instead of a loss, Tuxen brings him down after a looks like a nine or ten yard game, close to a first down. A great run by Hobbs is uh, exactly right. Brandon Young put a great hit on Hobbs, but didn't wrap him up. Cody Ops is going to come out. Is there actually there's a penalty on the play? Personal foul against Manuel after the play. So that's scored. It must have been a late hit out of bounds. That moves the ball all the way down to the Manuel 33. And again, that's one of those plays that you don't need at this time of the game. Manuel's ahead by 20, but by no stretch is this game over. Not even close to being over. We've seen lots of things happen in the old rivalry, old rivalry, and we certainly wouldn't count anybody out in this game. Four receivers to the left, including Justin Green. One to the right. Oh! Pass was batted down. Good penetration by the Crimson defensive line. They were going to this. Mail is going to try a screen to the right to the lone receiver. 
Ferguson. Cody Yop got a hand on it. Apparently, Coach Nichols told him to jump up and block the pass because that's exactly what he did. And, uh, Nick Brown almost came down with the ball on the tip drill. Excellent reaction by Brown diving for the ball. Just couldn't quite come up with it. Second and ten. The ball stays at the manual 33. Again, same formation for Mail. Four receivers to the left. This time, Justin Green is split to the right. Langdon, pump fake. Green goes up deep. Out of bounds. A little contact, but I don't think there should be any flag on it. Cody Yop and Andre Wells dropped off into double coverage. It actually looks like that the, that the manual coaches have seen what's, what Cooper's been doing to the male defense, and they made sure they did have double coverage on Green. He was blanketed from the time he left the line of scrimmage. Aaron Cosby from a safety position also came over for support. It's going to bring up third and ten, the ball at the 33 of Manuel. Nick Brown waves his hands along with Patrick Warren to raise the Manuel crowd up here. They ought to get on their feet. Trying to get the crowd back into it. Three receivers to the left, two to the right for Mayo. They're down by 20 points. 11.40 to go in the game. Two down left. Screen, center screen, and it's incomplete. I'm not sure what happened. Langdon was looking for Antonio Booker. Ball went right through Booker's hands, and Eggers almost wound up with an interception there. So it's fourth and ten. I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Mayo's going to go for it here. Now this is definitely four down territory. Hobbs and Ferguson check out of the lineup for the Bulldogs. Three receivers to the right, two to the left for Mayall. Langdon alone in the backfield. Tony Branch comes in motion to the left. Manuel shifting, only sending three defensive linemen in. Langdon looking, looking, rolls to his left. He's under heavy pressure by Nick Brown. He rolls again. He's at 50 yard line. He's going to throw up a prayer. And it's going to be picked off. He's rolled down the left sideline by Andre Wells. Andre Wells. Andre Wells came from out of nowhere to intercept that ball. It looked like there was a wide open receiver. Yeah. Once, once again, Langdon scrambled around, bought himself some time, and threw the ball. But it hung up just long enough that Wells could come through, and he sprinted down the sidelines and nearly took it all the way back for Manuel. So the Crimson's will take over. There is a Crimson player down on the field, Dave. Looks like a cramp. Hopefully and with that's that play, all it is. you can almost. Uh, you can feel it in the, at least on this side of the stadium. There's a lot of excitement. Yeah, it does look like. Hopefully, it's just a cramp. That's the way they sit. they're pushing on the foot, kind of stretching out that that calf muscle. So hopefully, that's all it is. I'm gonna park the ball. Ball. It's gonna be a first down manual. They're gonna mark the ball at the 25. This just said that he stepped out of bounds. Thought that Wells maybe had picked up a little bit more yardage than that. Yeah, he. It looked to me like he didn't get knocked out of bounds till the uh, Nick Brown was going to be helped off the field. What a what a great game Nick's played. A lot of that extra effort chasing the quarterback and Langdon made him work real hard that time to chase him down, and that's probably where the cramp came from. Looks like he's walking pretty well. What a night to remember for the seniors in the Texas Manual team. It's been a lot of years of frustration. Crimson's take over on their own on their own 26. 11-22 to go in the game. Cooper, Cosby to the left. 
Wing T for Manuel. Harness under center. Smith in motion to the right. Takes the pitch out. Around right in. Cuts back inside. Makes one man miss. Two. He's going to be buried at about the 27-yard line. Just that, wasn't much uh, doing over there. Wasn't much there at all. The play didn't look like it had any anything going for it. Looked like a two or three yard loss. Raven Smith did a great job dancing around and gained some positive yardage. At this point in the game, uh, and the most important thing is the clock runs. We're under 11 minutes to go. That's right. Second and nine. Cooper, the lone receiver to the right. Excuse me, to the left. He still had double coverage. Bates in the wing to the right. Harness looking for more. He's got Chantez Bates crossing. Chantez Bates on the wing. Another. Harness finds him on a crossing pattern at the 45, and it's another manual first down. Just another great call, like you said, Dave, with Cooper getting double coverage. He just went down the sideline to two defenders with him. Bates cut across the middle of the field, and when he got to the other side, to the left-hand side where Manuel was going, there was nobody left for Manuel to defend him. Good pass, good run. First down, Manuel at their own 47. Cooper splits wide right. He still has double coverage. Branch and Green. It's a sweep to Bates around left end. Makes one man miss. He's going to be pretty much bottled up there after a game of about two. Good running. Male defense closed on him with pretty good pursuit. Uh, paying so much attention to Jerry Cooper, excuse me, Gary Cooper. Might have to look at another crossing pattern. Uh, Marcus Neiman's been quiet for most of the night at tight end, along with uh, Aaron Cosby. Uh, could be that could be a good call, but yeah, they are they are. I don't think you'll see Cooper go without double coverage the rest of the night. I, don't, I just don't think that Mayo can afford to let probably him go. Probably the rest himself. of the season. That's you're probably <laughs> right. Although, it's no, not, here comes the second man. Cosby wide right. Smith in motion. Again, it's a trap to D.J. Hawk. Why not? Picks up about six yards. Good, good blocking in the middle of the line by Travis Williams and Dave Ulinski. And Hawk makes good yardage driving forward with those powerful legs. You send Cooper and Cosby wide right. It really loosens up the defense. It's going to be third and two. The ball at mail 44. Clock continues to roll. Nine minutes to go. Manuel holding on to a 34-14 lead. Crimson's up to the line. Harness under center, along with Bates. DJ Hawk in the backfield. Raven Smith to the wing to the left. He comes in motion to the right. Surely to take the quick pitch. He does. Makes one man miss. He turns the corner at the 40. Forearms a man and gets out of bounds inside the 35 for another Manuel first down. And Chantez Bates threw a nice block. He just sealed off the male defender so that Raven Smith could turn the cor corner and pick up good yardage. Also, Jacob Llewellyn out there leading the charge for the Crimsons. 33-yard line of male. 8.40 to go. The male defense is back on their heels. Manuel's burned them so many times with the passes that they're, they're just kind of back on their heels. And the manual line's getting a good surge. And the running backs are really crisp and cutting off the blocks and making good yardage. The timeout, Manuel. Crimson's called timeout here. There's 8.40 left to play in the game. Manuel's still holding on to a 34-14 lead. 
ball on the 33 headed toward the closed end of the of the uh, stadium. It'll be first and ten when they come back to play. Crimson's huddled around Coach Nixon. Uh, Nixon, Coach Nichols on this set. He'd be the last man to be impeached tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldogs over around Coach Redmond. Crimson's back out onto the field, ready to go. And uh, again, this will not be the last game of the season. Manuel starts the playoffs next week at home against Pleasure Ridge Park Panthers. And of, and, of course, that's what you play for to get into the playoffs and win a state championship. But Harness. there's nothing bigger than the old rivalry. Harness under center. Bates in motion to the left. Quick trap to D.J. Hall. He may go. He's going to be broke out after the gate about nine. When Miller puts close. everybody on the line of scrimmage, he just got to beat one man. They caught him from behind. Really close to a first down. A great block by Skyler Weinberg in the interior of the line. And D.J. Hawk once again starting to really take control of this game with those powerful legs. Crimson's line's really starting to assert itself. Jacob Llewellyn in there. Again, we've called out Ulinski's name a number of times, but the Crimson's line's really starting to blow the Bulldogs off the ball. Harness under center. Play action pass. He's got Raven Smith wide open. Oh, and he can't hang on. He had Raven Smith sneak out of the backfield at the left wing, and he was so open, maybe too open. Mail did have good pressure on Harness, and he was going to his left, and for a right-handed quarterback, that's a hard throw, but the ball was out there. Smith just couldn't quite get to it. Excellent call, though, because Mail was certainly looking for another, looking for another run. Tyler Edwards, a 5'10", 160-pound sophomore, checks into the lineup. Third and one, the ball at the Mail 24. 7.55 remaining in the game. Buzz, that, that would have pretty much sealed the deal right there. With I, that. I think so. Cosby in for Neiman as well. We'll see if the Crimsons go for the first down or if they go ahead and try for the end zone again. Harness under center. Raven Smith in motion to the right. Quick pitch to Raven Smith around right in. Did he get the first down? It depends on the spot. Not much there, I'll tell you. It's going to be really close. I think he's actually going to wind up about a half a yard short, Dave. 7.51 remaining the Some of the Crimson players on the sidelines are signaling first down, but I believe the officials are going to wait for the measurement. Exactly right. It's going to be measurement. Really close. I personally, I hope that if we do score again, they let Raven have another opportunity to redeem himself so he doesn't think about that play. as it always seems to happen. The chain gang gets to run all the way across the field to the near side. They don't pick it up. It's uh, four down territory. It looks like it's he got a first it. first down from Annual. Not quite the length of the football, but all it takes is a nose, and it's a first down for the Crimsons on the 23-yard line of the male Bulldogs. And you're right, it is four down territory, so if nothing else, that gives Manuel four more downs to at least run clock off and pin Mail even further back. 
I know that's not what they're thinking. They're thinking of scoring, but even four more downs will take more time off the clock. Tyler Edwards remains in the uh, in the game. T.J. Hawk, and he gets the handoff, and he is just met right away. I mean, they sent everybody, and they hit Edwards about four yards deep in the backfield. Mail was ready for that quick inside play that time, and stuffed it right in the mid in the center of the play. Lost a two on the play. D.J. Hawk getting some attention over on the training table. Looks like he's getting a foot, one of his legs taped up. We could ill afford to lose him even for a, a few plays the way he's been running the ball tonight. Bates, Smith, and Edwards all check out. Manuel goes back to a shotgun formation. Cosby, he's wide open. He's uncovered at the line of scrimmage. They can snap the ball, and it's the touchdown. It's flags down on the play. Oh, my goodness. Cosby looked back at Harness and said, hey, there's nobody on me, but the snap went over his head. It wouldn't have mattered. The ball, the snap went over Harness's head, plus a flag down. I think Harness might have been trying to get the center to go ahead and snap the ball quickly because he saw the same thing we did, and it didn't work. And actually, Manuel moved on the offensive line, so got the penalty. We got a male bulldog being carried off the uh, field by Heyman and Langdon. He limps off. We can't get his number, but uh, two of his own teammates have uh, helped him to the sideline. Ball is marked at the 30-yard line. Second down and 17. Second to 17, the ball at the male 40. Things have kind of gotten sloppy here. Yep, that's not the, that's not the direction you want to go when you get inside the opponent's 30. Harness to the shotgun. And it's a draw play. The number 12, and he almost broke it. He was so close. James Clay, 5'11", 175-pound junior. First time, we, first time we've called his number tonight, but he made good yardage on that draw play. Got it back to the original line of scrimmage, so it's going to be third down. Tyler Edwards yards comes to back go. in. His manual seems to be uh, going fullback by committee here in the fourth quarter. Third and ten. Harness back into the huddle with the play. Six minutes to go. Manual 34, male 14. The ball at the male 23-yard line. Harness back under center. Cooper and Cosby to the left. And Manual will call a timeout. Apparently there was some confusion over the play. I know when they broke the huddle, Marcus Neiman was in the huddle and came sprinting off the field because they had too many men on the field. And then there was just general confusion. And the best thing to do at that point is to call a timeout. You hate to waste them. You want them for late in the game, but in this case, it's better than taking a loss. Plus, they, they may have only had ten men in the in the huddle there. Uh, since DJ's is uh, it's been out of the game, a lot of the momentum on offense has slowed down at least momentarily. He gave them that presence right up the middle when he was running the ball and running it strongly. And the Crimson's haven't seemed to have that same spark, but it looks like he's coming back out onto the field right now, or at least he's headed toward the coach. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, this is quite a game. The, the folks who might have thought about coming out, maybe had other plans. I'll tell you what, this is probably the, the greatest show in town tonight. I'm telling you, there's nothing better, nothing better than high school football on a Friday night, and this is the epitome for the, me, the mail manual game, the old rivalry. Harness in the shotgun, 
Two receivers to the left. Cosby alone by himself against the right before Heyman finally comes over. Wells in motion to the right. Harness takes a shot. He's under heavy pressure. He may go down. Breaks away. Wells back to his left. Fumbles the ball. And they're going to call an incomplete pass. Talk about some improvising. We saw a little bit of that last week, but this time it was a little much. Lucky they called that an incomplete pass. Harness is not really known as a scrambler, but he really made people miss, broke a couple of tackles, but that was kind of an ill-advised way of trying to put the ball out, but it worked out because they did call it a pass. It very easily could have been called a fumble. Fourth and ten, the ball, male 23, 5.52 remaining. Manuel will just go ahead and go for it here. Raven Smith back in the lineup. He wasn't on the field on that last play. So is uh, 23, D.J. Hawk. Cooper, Cosby again, split to the right. Bates on the wing to the right. Smith and wing to the left. Smith in motion to the right. Joey Harness under heavy pressure, and he's going to be sacked for about a three-yard loss, and that'll end that drive right there. He held on to the ball that time, ran some time off the clock, but it really was not a very good-looking play there. That series, the last four plays of that series, just the Crimsons went backwards. They didn't just do much a whole lot. Even with great field position, it didn't show much. 5.46 remaining in the game. Good news is the Crimsons are still up by three touchdowns. Males pinned back at their own 26, and they've got 74 yards to go to get to pay dirt. And Males' offense uh, hasn't really looked all that impressive as far as a passing game goes, to be honest with you. Well, and actually, if you stop and think about it, an amazing catch by Justin Green right before halftime gave them the last points they've had. Manuel shut them out this second half, and had it not been for that catch of Green that put them on the one-yard line, Manuel be holding them down to just seven points for the whole game. They'll work out of the shotgun. It's a handoff to Green around right end. Makes one man miss, and he's going to be stopped right there. Good defense by Manuel, number 57. Frudenberger. Blake Frudenberger, another good tackle for him. Broke through the wall of, of offensive linemen that Mayo pulled on that play and made a nice, sure tackle. Put a shoulder right in there and put Green right on the ground. Clock now, big ally of the Big Red. Bulldogs break the huddle. Shotgun formation for Mayo. Two receivers left, one to the right. Langan. Looks quickly. Oh, it is almost intercepted. It is. It is. It is intercepted by Cody Up. Another huge play by number 40, Cody Up. Cody Up stepped right in front of the wide receiver screen and picked it off. I'm not. I'm not sure if that was intended for the wide receiver or Justin Green, but Justin Green was running out there and he never even looked for the ball. Ball shot sound right over his shoulder and Cody Up made a great play. Timed it perfectly. The only thing that could have made it better would have been had he kept his feet and gone in for six more points. First and ten manual at the male 24. Manual gets the ball back here at the 24, right about where their last four-down series started. Manual starters remain in. D.J. Hawk back in the lineup. Raven Smith on the wing to the left. Mail everybody at the line of scrimmage. A quick trap might go all the way. Long snap count. Harness hands off the bait around right, baits around right, left end, picks up about five yards before he's brought down. He just flat made a male tackler miss him in the backfield and turned in a good five yard run there. Neiman threw a good block out on the end. And another nice block by number 73, Travis Williams. 
Ball at the 19 of Mayo. Under five minutes to go. New receiver in for uh, Manuel split wide to the right. Number 10. Harness under center. Hands off the base again around left end. He's got one blocker in front of him. Breaks one tackle. It's going to be brought down around the 16-yard line. Travis Williams out in front again pulling. If, if you look at Williams' jersey, you can tell he's been working hard tonight. It's a lot darker than most of the other red jerseys out there. He's sweated a lot tonight, but that's because most of the time he's been leading these sweeps and putting male players on their back. Uh, this has to be the biggest point total for Manuel against Mayo in quite some time. I know they put up uh, 28 back in 1988, Buzz. And well, they uh, a couple of years ago, but it, we're up to 34 now as Harness is under center. Goes with the long snap count. Nobody jumps. Harness hands off to Bates again around left end. He's close to the first down yardage inside the 15. Good hard run, lowered his shoulder and took a male tackler a couple yards deeper into male territory. Spencer Martin, number 55, 6'3", 320 pounds, senior checks in. Blake Schombachler, 5'10", 175 pound, senior checks in as Manuel goes for wholesale substitution with three minutes to go. Fourth and one, the ball at the man at the male 15-yard line. And you're right, Dave, I checked. We go all the way back to 1977 when Manuel scored 36 points. Ironically, today I wore the 1977 Manual Home Football jersey in honor of that team. There you go. Harness, quarterback sneak, and he's, he may have picked up first down yards. I think he did. I think he did, but he took a really good pop. Number 53 from Mayo put a shoulder into him, drove Harness back for a second. Then Joey got his legs underneath him and drove forward. That was Jacob Vito, a 6'4", 225-pound senior for Mayo who made the tackle. It's a first down manual. The clock will stop momentarily, move the chains, but 2.40 to go. Manual. First and 10 manual at the male 13. Knocking on the door again, and this and is what Harness has played his last play of the game. Derek Woodmore checks in. Cosby, Cooper come out. Student section is going crazy. Everybody smells it now. Clock continuing to roll. Woodmore under center. He rolls to his right bootleg. He's going to be brought down for a loss of about five. That's actually not a bad play, even though he lost five yards. Putting a new quarterback into the game, let him get his feet wet, not try to hand off the ball, do anything special. Just let him run the ball. Under and two minutes to go. Sorry, well, that's all right. Hopefully they'll gain more yardage on the next play, but it's not a bad play. Plus, going wide, he takes more time off the clock. Neither team seems uh, interested in stopping the clock. Last time we saw something like this was at Manuel Stadiums. <laughs> and the student body crashed all over Manuel Stadium and hung on the goalpost for a while. We've just got a warning from the PA announcer to stay off the field. Bates takes a handoff around left end. Yeah, the public address announcer is way ahead of us. I'm not giving this game up until it's over. Clock rolling. A minute 17 to go. Last I wonder time. if they've got the crew here to make sure the goalposts don't come down. Clock, 
More subs come into the game for Manuel. Donovan Washington checks in for Raven Smith. Derek Under Whitmore. a minute to go now. And, and what a thrill for these young men, even if they're only playing a few plays at the end of the game, to be on the field when Manuel beats Mayo. Third and 17, no matter. Clock still ticking down. Long snap count for Manuel, delay of game. Clock stopped with 37. 37 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Manuel firmly in control, 34 to 14. We've seen our last play of the game. 31 seconds to go. I got, you may have to back up. Not sure who called the timeout. It might have been Manuel. 31 seconds to go. It'll be Manuel's first win against Mayo since the 2001. And I'll tell you, Dave, it's not only electric out in the stands, it's electric up here in the press box. What a night. What a night for Manuel football. I'm telling you, this, this team has played inspired football all season. They've had some close games, they've had some big games, but they really put it all together tonight. Good offense, running and passing, nice balanced attack, and the defense really stepped up, especially in the second half where they've shut the Bulldogs out for the whole second half and thoroughly dominated the Bulldogs' offense. It's going to be an electric week. And it's a Monday when the barrel comes home. What a day it'll be at Manuel High School. That's for sure. Victory formation for Manuel. Woodmore under center. This should be it. Takes the snap. Kneels it down. Clock runs. Countdown going down. 20 seconds to go. That's probably the last play of the game. Actually, both teams are already starting to shake hands out on the field. Manuel doesn't need to run the... 10, 9, 8, 7... Final score from Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, Coupon Manual 34, Mill High 14. Just an incredible night of football for the Crimsons, all the way from the coaching staff and all the players for what an, what an excellent effort that they gave tonight. And Dave, you got to give them credit because they beat an extremely good male Bulldog football team. This was no slouch that Manuel was on the field with tonight. They came into this game ranked number three in the state. Averaging 40-some-odd points a game in Manuel's defense. Hey! What a defensive effort that the Crimson's put up with. Just Like we said before, in order to win the old rivalry, it takes a total team effort, and everything was there for the, for the Manuel Crimson's. Good offense, good defense, good special teams. And we see right the barrel is here. The barrel is here. Nick Brown hoisted over his head with a good side toward the crowd. 
There it is. And a victory lap around the stadium with victory the girls. Victory lap around the stadium for the Fighting Rams as they present it to the student body. What a night to remember here. Football team's over by the student section now. The celebration is on. It's been a long time coming, and it takes a really good effort to beat a Bobby Redmond coach team. Somewhat like the UofL Cardinals, the Crimson players are giving high fives to the fans in the stands, but this is a night for the Manual Crimsons. They thoroughly dominated a really good male team and just took this game away right from almost the start. Male scored first, but after that it's been pretty much all manual on couple, both sides of the ball. A couple of points in the games where it looked like Mayo might get back in it and seize the momentum, but give this Randall team a lot of credit. They come out in the second half and just seize control. It was never in doubt about midway through the third quarter that who's going to win this game. Thanks to a good run and play on defense. And, and, and one of the better games of his career so far is D.J. Hawk had two outstanding runs. Just a solid game all around on the ground. Raven Smith, somewhat of a decoy tonight, but still had some big runs. And then, of course, Cooper and Harness get a lot of credit for the hookups that they had. And truly the line on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, just thoroughly dominated Mayo. The linebackers stepped up like they have all year. Eggers, Yop, Warren, Gritton. And I know I'm leaving somebody out, but I'm telling you, it's just an excellent thing. You can pause here and let the team stand, sing, stand up and cheer. The team just finished their rendition that they sing after victories of Stand Up and Cheer, the manual fight song. What an exciting night in manual football history. Manual goes to nine and one on the year. And no doubt we'll at least move up at one least one spot. spot. Got the, it's just been handed the final stats of the game. Uh, at the half, Mayo really dominated the time of possession, Buzz, but one thing that sticks out right away, at the end of the game, Manuel held the ball for 24 minutes, 9 seconds. That, that's a credit to both lines, offensively and defensively. The defense stopped Mayo from making any penetration, and Manuel controlled the ball, not only running, but passing the ball. And look at the total yards, Dave. 455 yards for Manuel and 192 for Mayo. Just total domination on both sides of the ball. An outstanding running back, Justin Green, and to his credit, actually had a great effort tonight. He was only held to 83 yards and 17 carries. Carry, so a great job by the Manuel defense, all things considered. Talking about running backs, he doesn't get a lot of the publicity, but D.J. Hawk, 12 carries, 159 yards for an average of 13.2 yards a carry. Two touchdowns, one from 56 yards, the other from 42. Cooper only caught four passes tonight, but they went for 185 yards and three touchdowns. That's, uh, that's a pretty good average. That would be... What, 45 yards or so of not, catch? Not a bad night, not bad all things all. considered. Uh, I know we will have certain players who score touchdowns and other ones stand out, but those I just have to hand it to the whole team tonight. I mean, the offensive line, defensive line, uh, special teams, everybody just turned in a superb effort. Great team victory for Manuel. Probably uh, 
One of the more memorable ones in this series, the way Manuel came out and dominated. For us, anyway. It, absolutely. Manuel came out and won this game by 20 points. And, Dave, you're absolutely right about it being a total team effort. Every every player in red tonight that stepped out on the field, whether they even got in the game or not, contributed, especially but any player who got out on that field did a heck of a job. They all made plays. They're, all, they're deserving of taking the barrel home. Just an excellent, great game by the whole team. And, and let's give a shout-out to the coaching staff, too. Mayo actually had two weeks to prepare for this game because they had an off a bye week last week. Yes, they did. Well, Manuel had to come back after a tough game with Bullet East, and Manuel turned into performance, and the coaches definitely they definitely had a good game plan together. The, the plays were run well, and the defense, especially in the second half, came through with a big play. Many big plays. I think that'll wrap it up for this evening. Once again, our final score from Papa John's was Manual 34, Mail High 14. This is Dave Wright along with Buzz Frank. We'll Doesn't see get any better than this. Absolutely not. We'll see you next week at Manual Stadium as Manual starts their playoff run against the Pleasure Ridge Park Panthers, 7.30, Friday at Manual Stadium. And that game again will be carried live on Old Goats Radio. Absolutely. See you then. See you.